Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 65 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and this young man here, Renfrey Deadman. Give oh, yeah. him a wave on the old YouTube channel. Hello, um, thanks for listening if you're listening on the usual podcast platforms. Mm. Thanks for watching if you're watching on our YouTube channel. And if you are, you can probably see that we're in a slightly different location today. And echoey. Thanks if More you're listening live on Twitch, is it? On the Earache Records Yes, right. that is absolutely A-OK correct. Although, yeah. to be honest, I don't know if they'll be able to see us, but um, hello if you're watching on Twitch. I know they can probably hear us and they can definitely see our idiot guests this week <laughs> um, because the reason we've come out here is we are joined by, or we are joining, Matt and Tom, a.k.a. Haggard Cat, who are in currently, as we speak, three, was it, boys, three and a half hours into your 24-hour shift inside the confines of a small concrete <laughs> block somewhere in the outskirts of East London. That's, that's about right, yeah. yeah. We are. <laughs> Hang uh, on. What, what, what time did you say it was? Three and a half hours, is that it? All <laughs> oh, right, don't tell them the time. Okay, we're not, we're not allowed, allowed to tell them the time. time. Wait, I feel okay. like it's more like four and a half hours. <laughs> Mm. Um, no. Maybe it is. <laughs> no, it's oh, closer to three and a half. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> this is going out on Friday, so I wouldn't worry about it because you'll, you'll be we'll, out by we'll the time it's actually This one will be a sort of eulogy to you two because you two aren't going to survive this, clearly. Um, yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit to the boys in a second. Before we start, um, this week on the show, we're going to be reviewing new albums from Refused, Mark An Mark Lanigan, Alcest, We Lost to Sea, and Clipping. Um, we obviously want to give a big shout out to our friends, our buddies, our compadres at Musicism. Musicism.net is where you need to go to if you want to become a better musician or come up with just wacky ideas. Do they come up with wacky ideas in Musicism? Yeah, sure. Yeah? Absolutely moronic ideas such as this, I'm so sure they come up with. Yeah. You're going to sign up for that, boys? It's nine ninety nine a month. No, I'm already amazing. <laughs> right. Don't do drumming anyway, Tom, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. They do do <laughs> tutorials for guitarists, for singers and for producers and you can get that for nine ninety nine a month or... 25% off if you Whoa. put the code RIOT in capital letters in a checkout. I mean, it's been two weeks since I've been here, and hearing that again has been one of the most glorious moments of my entire life. It's pretty good, wasn't it? Thank so you. Um, we should, let's just chat to the chap. So, boys, mm. would you like to explain in your own words just quite what it is that you're doing in this box? I don't fucking know, do I? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, to be honest. Came up with a silly idea to do a music video to go along with our uh, song. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, we we uh, we have a song that's uh, all about the shitty political situation that we're in right now. Yes, mm. which I'm everyone's bored of hearing about. I've 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 Definitely. heard it a number of times. It's um, well, I meant I meant the situation rather than the oh the song situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that excellent. as well. Yeah, no, the song's Isn't great. <laughs> yep. Uh, Good answer. Right answer. <laughs> So yeah, we, we thought we'd do something that kind of matched what uh, our sentiments were there, and then it kind of turned into a bit of a 24-hour stunt, um, which um, emphasised kind of the effect that Brexit's going to have on Tory musicians like ourselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're kind of both doing a cynical marketing ploy <laughs> and... A metaphorical piece of genius. A metaphorical piece of protesting. Right. All think, in one tidy package. Do you think locking yourself in this box is going to have any effect on the outcome in um, no, uh, nine days' time? or how Well, long is the way I kind of see it is um, the more people that kind of 
do kind of weird things against the grain that are not expected, the better in any situation like this. Like if more mm. people did stuff that actually kind of were a bit different and were a bit weird, not the way that the government would expect you to behave, then we probably wouldn't be in this fucking mess. Yeah. Mm. Plus, I hear Jacob Rees Mogg is a massive fan of your debut album. So. Uh, <laughs> I hear he's listened to it once and liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He liked it so much that he uh, killed a fox. He probably slept mates, through it, probably, to be honest. Uh, or something posh. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, anyway, boys, look, you're up there and we're down here. Hi. So we will refer to you intermittently throughout the show, if that's all right. Yeah, don't fall that's asleep. That's great. Moving. Yeah. But, you know, just know that you're in our thoughts throughout, <laughs> throughout the show. You are always in our thoughts. Um, you know, feel free to chip in at the, at the correct moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Go on then. Okay, good. <laughs> Have um, a good podcast. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. So um, let's talk about some stuff. Renfrey, you've been, you were away last week. I was away. I went to the land of Scandinavia. It was really good fun, along with um, the lads in Frontier. How was that? Frontier. It was absolutely fantastic. I'm absolutely shattered. I still feel really battered and bruised from the entire experience. But um, we went to, where did we go? We went to Copenhagen. We mm-hmm. went to uh, Uppsala in Sweden. We went to Gothenburg in Sweden. We went to Oslo in Norway. <laughs> and we went to Helsinki in Finland. Cool. And it was a lovely little tour all around the place. I went to um, Nesblud in yep. um, in Oslo, Norway, which is the shop that uh, Euronymous set up. Did um, all the naughty things. Did all the naughty things. I saw the basement. I sneaked downstairs. And yeah. I don't think the door was meant to be open, but it was open. So I sneaked in and poked my head in and felt very much like I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Did it stink of death? <laughs> it didn't stink of death. What, the person or the concept? Um, <laughs> Both. Um, either, either or. Uh, slightly disrespectful, I suppose. I don't care. Um, yeah, no, it didn't. It just smelled of like sort of, it smelled very similar to the room that we're in now, actually. Mm. And was quite kind of as echoey and um, odd. But yeah, there was a very strange feeling being in there. I sent you a photo of Clawfinger from that shop. Well, you, a CD, they weren't. They a were CD, not the, not the band. band. No, yeah. no, no, no. Um, it was quite surprising. The, I suppose because you just assume, you, you associate it with the black metal scene, you just, you yeah. just think, oh, it's just going to be loads and loads and loads of black metal. To be clear, they claim that they have the largest collection of black metal anywhere in the world, which is mm-hmm. probably true. Um, it's quite big. There's a lot of it. Um, but I was quite surprised at sort of, you know, they had quite an excessive punk section, industrial and all that kind of thing. And yeah. like I was seeing like skinny puppy CDs, which I'd never seen before and stuff oh, like nice. that. Um, but it was very good. And I spent too much money there. That was very cool. Go on. Tell us what you bought. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that interesting, but I bought a couple of Jizu records. I bought That's that interesting. Nas- okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I'm interested in that. Oh, I, uh, I brought that Nasum record that yeah, uh, you've had. Some, some, Human some, 2.0. Right. Yep. That's the one. It's a good record. Uh, what else did you I get? that yet? No, I've been Mate. listening to a lot of records since no, we've been yes, back. No, yes, that's true. I have been listening to new releases. Um, I haven't listened to anything that I bought annoyingly. What else did I get? I can't remember. Okay. Off the top of my head. You put me on the spot. I know, I did. I did. Elder. Silly of me to... Oh, I you got, got the Elder. an Elder album, yeah, yeah, which I didn't have. One of their earlier ones, Law. I think it was. Elder are good. You're quite right, Tom. Elder, oh, something from the old box there. You like hey? Elder, do you, Tom? Yeah, it's a good, good band. Yeah? <laughs> better than Brexit? Pardon? Maybe better than Brexit? Yeah. Good. Wow. Oh, that's oh. good. Heady praise indeed. Yeah. Um, Put that on the so, uh, what's well, so you had a good time? I had a really fantastic time. I very much recommend uh, Norway and, uh, well, Oslo, I should say, and uh, Helsinki. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful cities. Um, I mean, I didn't know how much you'd want me to wang on. I, I assumed you wouldn't want to wang me to wang on about no, it. No, I much, do. So. I've not been to Scandinavia for a couple of years. I love it. 
It's incredible. It's amazing, isn't it? It's really it is incredible. Good. It is genuinely cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, it is very expensive, as a lot of people say. I tell you what, I spent what I worked out was about uh, was £4.60 on a bottle of fizzy pop. Yeah, mate, they'll get you for that. <sighs> From a 7-Eleven. But hey, you know, everybody's rich over there, so it's all right. Yeah, they're all loyal barons, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true. Maybe that's racist. <laughs> I apologise. Um, but yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. Well, good. Well, why, mate, while you were out there, um, <laughs> on Sunday, I went to Brixton Academy to go and see Killswitch Engage. Oh dear. I'd just come back, but that's fine. You had just come back, yeah. Is that what you said idea about? No, I was saying about idea about Killswitch Engage. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, ah, the first of many disagreements tonight, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Um, yeah, uh, so... Uh, I saw a little bit of Revocation first, who, um, I, this is what I thought was cool about Killswitch playing Brixton. I mean, you know, I think they have probably, their profile has dropped off a tiny, tiny little bit over the last couple of records. Um, we weren't keen, and even, you know, I wasn't massively keen on the last record, even as a Killswitch Engage fan. Or the one before, as far as I recall. No, I think the new one's better than the one before, but yeah, the last couple haven't really sort of done it for me to mm. be perfectly honest um but i always think they're great live and they've got at this point you know a really stellar back catalogue of you know classic songs from from that genre and um you know i, I think it's been a long time since i've seen them headline a, a show of their own mm. and them doing brixton it being you know it was packed it was really really packed and i did miss the first band i apologize to them but they brought revocation out with them mm-hmm. now I thought this was really cool because, like, A, for a start, Revocation, not a particular, you know, were were very good, you know, Mm. like, not a particularly metalcore band, much more of a sort of brutal death metal band, and um, always cool to see that thing on a big stage. Mm -hmm. And also, not a big band either. Mm. You know, at this point, you go to Brixton Academy to sell that many tickets, usually you would assume that some sort of package bill has to be put together. But fair play to Killswitch Engage to obviously sold enough tickets early on to go, fuck it, we're going to just bring bands out with us that we really really like and or, i think people or maybe just said fuck it we're gonna bring out bands who we like uh regardless of tickets. yeah maybe, maybe. That happens. yeah that does occasionally happen but yeah. i think you know like looking at it, it obviously sold very well and to see revocation playing in front of a massive massive crowd was uh was really cool and what I, sort of cap do they normally do i don't know revocation that well oh over here they pff, at, uh, the underworld at best i would have thought oh right okay cool yeah so, you know. So somewhere 10 times the size. Literally. Yes, basically, yeah. Um, and they were very good. I enjoyed them. Um, Killswitch Engage, uh, sort of two things. When they first came on, it hammered home two things to me, which is one, how good a live band they are, but also two, how little I've paid attention to the last couple of records. Because right. for about three songs, I went, I don't know what this song is. Right. I don't even know what it is. Um, so that's their others though, doesn't it? You what? Sounds the same as their others, though, doesn't it? No, no, not as good <laughs> as their others, no. <laughs> not as good, um, but basically the same. But sort of the, yeah, similar But, you know, um, hey, there's going to be, again, like a band <laughs> resting on their laurels. We'll be talking about that quite a lot this 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 show. Um, so, yeah, I think Killswitch Engage, uh, obviously, they've got every right to play their new material, even if I'm not a massive fan of it. And there are a couple of the new ones that, hearing them live sort of in the middle part of the set scattered amongst some of the big hitters I thought are actually um, they sounded much better than they did on record and it sort of made me go oh I should go back and maybe give that another spin that record and I'm sure I will at some point okay I was about to ask have um, you done that yet but yeah I haven't done that yet <coughs> because it's just been busy and you know um, but I mean I have to say for the first sort of 50 minutes I was like this is good this is pretty good the last half an hour they just slammed out 
hit after hit, like massive song, massive song, massive song, massive song. I think it was something like um, My Curse into This Absolution, into End of Heartache, into, they dropped like My Last Serenade really, really early in the set, so it wasn't oh. that. Um, uh, Strength of the Mind, they did, they ended on the cover of Holy Diver, which is brilliant. I've never seen Jesse sing that before. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think the kind of the last sort of six or seven songs was just kind of, if you are a fan, of that period of metalcore is kind of manna from heaven. Like, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? It, it reminded me of kind of, you understand why they're the biggest, they, they became the biggest one of those bands. Because in a venue like that, I can imagine a lot of bands that I really like, someone like A Darkest Hour, for example, mm -hmm. their songs would kind of fall flat, would uh, are so taut and difficult that they may be not quite right for that setting. Whereas Kills Which Engage, those songs are so massive. I will agree. Like my hurt, my curse, or the end of heartache. It's so so massive. They certainly know how to write a chorus. Yeah, big tunes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I walked out of there feeling rather related. And you get that that cover of Holy Diver is um that's oh, great. Is is super super yeah. fun. Great, so, yeah, fun to play. Yeah, cover and uh, got an absolutely insane reaction. So yeah, kill such engage. Mm. Um, kind of they're they're a weird one, aren't they? Because you do seem slightly tepid about the whole evening as a whole, though. It wasn't uh -huh. incredible, do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. like, I thought the last half hour was amazing, was really amazing. And they were great. They're always great. They're just sort of consistently what they are. I mean, I'm not going to be walking away from that gig talking about it being one of the best gigs of the year or anything. But it was really good. And they're the sort of band, I realised sort of halfway through that I was like, this is a band for nostalgia for me, really. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? I, uh -huh. I go, I'll, I don't even kind of recognise a lot of the songs of the last couple of albums. Um, Strength of Mind actually being one of the few that I do think is really cool um that they played towards the end it it, it was good like okay. it was really really good um but it's not when you think of some of the shows and some of the bands i've seen this year i don't really think it's quite as comparable to that and that's possibly because the first half of the set lent on material that i'm not as keen on shall i tell you about one of the best gigs of the year Go on then. And so I watched it from afar at the Camden Assembly, formerly the Barfly in London. Tiny, tiny, tiny venue, and they were playing their debut album in full. Now, I'd already seen this show, and also I'm generally not a fan of album shows, as we've discussed on this show quite a lot. Yeah. I absolutely, well, <coughs> there's there's very few that I can count. I can count on one hand the ones that I like, that, that I've really, really, really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit trepidatious when they sort of announced this, because on the one hand, the early material is the stuff that is sort of closest to my heart, on the other hand, uh, it's an album show and I kind of knew what they were going to play. The thing with, um, and so I watch it from afar, is when you get a crowd and the, the entire crowd are into it and you get a very small, I mean, they, that's not what, a 200 cap venue, I, I guess, maybe 250. And they made them small on purpose and it sold out like instantly. Um, and the atmosphere in the room was just so sublime and everyone was so into it. Everyone was clapping in the right places. Everyone was wooing in the right places. Everyone was... It just just everything was just utterly perfect and the place went off um it was just a complete and utter sweat box um it reminded me of seeing dillinger escape plan there um 10 years previous oh, i think shit. it was what that, that they did that matinee when um yeah yeah i went to the it? matinee uh, option, option prices came out yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's great yeah and um it just kind of made me really <laughs> annoyed uh that like I mean, band, uh, and so I watch you can play bigger venues than Canada Assembly. They're coming back in February and they're doing um, <laughs> South Bank Centre. 
Um, but there's a lot of people who kind of, I kind of view the way that people look at instrumental music sometimes as like people who don't like subtitles in films. It's like, if you don't watch films with subtitles, you are missing out on so much stuff. And I almost feel like the same attitude is applied to, oh, well, if it doesn't have any vocals, it's not going to interest me. I think it's yeah, a very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very stupid point of view to have, frankly, um, and totally ridiculous. But I like, you know, I was looking back because this album's 10 years old now and um, it got to number 15 in the, the albums of the year with Kerrang! that year. Higher than Architects Hollow Crown, just to throw that in. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they, sound, they, they get everything right. Don't rock, they? <laughs> rock Sound gave it uh, nine out of ten when they were a good magazine. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, like there was a lot of like there was a lot of praise put on it, and then I don't know, like, but I just think it's an absolute. Sh it's it's there's a lot more. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more kind of passion for that band amongst its fans in a sort of cult manner than there is for most of the other bands I was reading about in that top 20 in the Kerrang! list. Mm. And I think that says a lot, frankly. Um, and yeah, I would put this I would put this up there with Ghost, with Behemoth, with, what else have I seen this year? Daughters, yeah. um, with Tool. Fucking hell, As wow. one of the best gigs of the year. Jesus. It was fucking unreal. Yeah. Um, I love that band and I pity anyone who doesn't feel music in that way. Fair enough. Boys. Matt. Matt. <laughs> do you want to talk about Bad Pond with me? Yeah. Do you want to get up? Yeah. <laughs> Here he is. A creepy face sticking out of his hole. Can we just... <laughs> Can we just talk about Bad Pond super quickly? Sure thing. Because you were there, weren't you? It was, it was great. It was great. It was really good fun. It was at the Bush Hall in Shepherd's Bush. You've been there? I have been there. Lovely stuff. It's very nice. Um, and they had uh, my, my favourite things. They had, um, what, do you remember what the company was called, Matt? The video game company? Oh, I can't remember what the company was called, but it was Ace, wasn't it? Like I want to call them Retro Games Arcade. I apologise if I've got that wrong, but they're based in Brighton. They basically have a load of retro video game consoles all around the bush hall and you could just play them for free it was oh, great it was awesome whilst there was math rock happening Mate, in the background you can buy a thing right it costs like you get it from australia it's thirty-five thousand arcade games and like super nes and nintendo and master system oh. mega drive games you get it and it's just a little box and it's got thirty-five thousand games on it, it costs like 100 quid is it legit i bought one well, mate i bought one mm. and i played through mario kart there's no sound so i smashed it to pieces because <laughs> i'm a fucking idiot that's true. That doesn't sound legit. Well, I played Mario Kart. I wouldn't get it. I played Mario Kart, the uh, GameCube version, uh, whilst Tangled Hair were playing. Sorry, Tangled Hair. I was really enjoying myself. That's one of the best versions of Mario Kart, in my opinion. I agree. It's so good. Yeah, it's good. I agree. It is. It's probably the best, to be honest. But yeah. Um, maybe we should do that as a poll. What's the best version <laughs> of Mario Kart? I think Mario there's Kart. other things to poll this week, to be honest, but yeah. Um, Matt, you saw bands that I didn't see. Can you talk uh, about so them? When did, you, when did you get in? I arrived for Clit Drip, which I want to talk about extensively. Oh, Clit Drip were fantastic. Yes. Uh, so I also saw Libra Libra. All right. Um, Don't know who, who opened the festival, uh, uh, but I believe another Brighton band. Okay. Uh, like really, like really young band, but like so, so impressive. Like really, kind of soaring, like almost operatic vocals at times. Like uh, a yeah. guitar player that's clearly like influenced by like noisy, like rock guitarists, like Jack White kind of style music. 
Um, That's a bit of you, isn't it? Bit of me. Mm. Bit of me, that. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it was really, really good. I was dead impressed. And especially to say that was like the first thing that was on in the day as well. So everyone was a little bit tepid. Mm. Um, but as like, you couldn't have even like, they, they didn't even phase them. Like literally just, they took it in the stride and just turned it into like a great gig right from the get go. Um, and with all the kind of the visuals and projections and everything that Bad Pond were doing, like you would not know what time of day it was anyway. So that could literally be like a, a, a sub headline set or whatever. Like they were, they were great. Bit like you now. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it's dark outside. <laughs> that means it's past seven. <laughs> Quick, is it? <laughs> yes. Quick word. Quick word on the old visualizations. They were really fucking cool, weren't they? I don't know how they'd achieved it, but I think they put microphones on the end. No, microphones, goodness me. I think they put cameras on the end of the um, mic stands, maybe, and then created this weird 90s collage, I'm going to call it. 90s collage? Does that... Yeah, yeah. Like, psych, like kind of psychedelic, psychedelic like uh, almost mm. Windows 98 visualization. If you yeah. imagine, you know... Like you, the, the light groove in a heart. No, more more like, you know how the, the back of the word looked all the time? Oh, yeah. The channel, but the back of the Channel 4 Word show. Yeah. It was like that. Oh, but nice. like all the time. It was cool. And then blended with like the actual like video footage of people playing like kind of psychedelically. So there was a kind of like a kaleidoscope sort of effect for yeah. the whole thing. It was, Look, it was really cool. It, it was quite, amazing. it was quite, I mean, even it made one beer feel like three, <laughs> to be honest. One but yeah. beer generally was three though, wasn't it? And three. Go on. Tell us me about uh, <laughs> Intech the Color as well. Do you see Intech? So I saw Intech after Libra Libra, and that's the first time that I've seen them since uh, November last year. Okay. Uh, which is when me and Tom toured with those guys for uh, for a few dates, and they, they were really great. Uh, yeah. They played a load of new songs. Uh, they've got a new album on the way, I believe. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I uh, actually have an advance of the new album, and it is the best stoner album of 2020. Wow. Mm. Wow. Should probably found out whether you were allowed to say I know. that. I don't, know if I'm allowed to, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but fuck it, I'll say it. They can anyway, we'll it. find out. I'll, I'll cut that if it's Nothing not. about this episode is really kind of real, though, is it? You can't cut it, because it's just possibly gone out on live stream. Oh, shit, that's a good point. So if you, is there something you can't say tonight? Steve, don't worry, no one's watching the live I don't stream. Think <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not attached to a label at the moment, so I don't think anyone would actually care. The band They might care. care. I don't oh, think the band uh, care. Oh, they are. Oh, are they? And I know the label, but I'm not going to tell you because maybe we're not supposed to tell anyone. Ah, sorry. <laughs> it's a good label, though. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move quickly on. Can we talk <laughs> about Clit Drip? Because um, loads of people at Art Tangent <laughs> went on and on to me about how, uh, did you see Clit Drip? Did you see Clit Drip? Amazing. I don't know why everyone, I mean, people just kept like, coming up to me and t saying Clit Drip, basically, which was an odd sensation <laughs> and why I think it's one of the best festivals in the entire world. But um, I didn't see their set at Art Tangent and then uh, seeing them at Bad Pond, I realized that I have been missing out massively. How do you describe Clit Drip, Matt? Uh, how would I describe them? Mm, three uh, piece? There's kind of like a, like math rock blended with like dance pop. Yes. Like, but, but with like the kind of like the electronic, like the mad electronic noises that their guitar player manages to make, like it kind of gives it... I don't know. There's there's bits of like dubstep in there as well. And yeah, it's it's madness. But it's all done it, live as well, though. It's all done live. That's definitely. And the key. there's just three of them, and it just yeah, it's 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 mental. But they they are definitely like one of my kind of new finds of the year. 
Clip Drip, I, I think they're great. They sound like, I mean, if I was a bad reviewer, I'd say they sound like Tim Westwood on acid mixed with Rage Against the Machine, but I'm on better acid. than that. On acid. Um, but that sounds horrific. <laughs> they're really good. Right, I think okay. you'd really like it. A okay. lot of punk spirit. Like, um, I went over to their guitarist pedal poured because I'm that guy. And uh, he had 15 pedals and there were lots and lots of pedals there. And it was really? exciting. Yeah. Wow. 15. 15. Bloody hell. That's too he many pedals. Must love pedals. <laughs> but that's how he makes all the noises, you see. Yeah, of course. Um, they, were, they were absolutely amazing. Who else do I want to talk about really quickly? Um, did you see Sewer? Uh, Sir, were fantastic. Sir, brilliant. Yeah, we reviewed their EP not too long ago. Didn't we? we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just they're just a great band, and um, I still really want them to make a record now because they're making a lot of EPs. But um, yeah, they're becoming like a really, really, really solid live act, and it's just really nice to see them now that I know the songs a little bit more. Um, Colossal Squid, which is Adam Betts. Uh, drummer of Three Trap Tigers. I remember you talking to me about this as his like drum solo project, right? Basically, but like that does not do it justice. I mean, uh, he's... Hey, mate, you said it. Fucking hell. He's... <laughs> he's um, he's wiring up different drums to different sounds and then he triggers them with the drums. And then, I mean, can you help me out with this, Matt? Uh, I think you've covered it, mate. <laughs> it, was, it was drums. <laughs> <laughs> What's drums? But he For makes... fans of... Drums. drums. Three track tigers, I suppose. And drums. And drums, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Whiplash, the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was stood there mesmerised. I was having a lovely time. Um, is there any... Oh, Palm Reader. We review Palm Reader all uh, the time. Can so you review Palm Reader, Matt? Because we I, do it all the time. Um, it was kind of like a, a greatest hit set, wasn't it? From yes. Palm Reader. Like, yes. There was there was bits from from like all albums, and yeah, they were they, they were great as always. They're always incredible. They're, they were reliably like, brilliant. They're like I would one say. of the best live bands. Like I, I'd say, like not even in the UK, like that there is at the minute. They're great. Ooh, big words. Big big words. Big words. That sounds fun. Yeah. I haven't seen Palm Reader for a long time. Palm Reader were fantastic. Wow, yeah, they were really that. good. I don't and need then, to see them or not to know that. And then uh, it finished with Physics House Band, who are just like the <laughs> best instrumental Mars Volta band out there in the world ever. Okay. Which, is, which sounds slightly, slightly like I'm uh, like. Are you a Physics House Band fan, Matt? Um, yeah, I think that, I think they're great. Like it's it's not always kind of my cup of tea. I really have mm. to kind of be proper in the mood for it, especially like after I've just seen a, a really fantastic Palm Reader set. Mm. They do go off on wibbly wobbly wibbly wobs <laughs> quite a lot. But they like they're, they're great, and um, the the thing that they do. Um, they're really great at it. Yeah, they are astonishing. We did that death sequence EP. We did. Do you yeah. recall that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah really, good. really like live. It's just brain enhancing. Mm. Brain enhancing. Dear me, enhancing. <laughs> <laughs> Dear my brain, me. brain expanding. Um, well, that sounds like fun, chaps. It was really good fun. Yeah, really good fun. Did Don't you? Drunk. Yeah. 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 Do so you want to say I. anything, Tom? Why? Feels like Matt sort uh, of. No, I didn't go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> you like drums though, don't you? Not really, but uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Right, let's do some review. Adam Betts. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Betts. Uh, right, okay, let's do some reviews then, shall we, chaps? We're um, going to talk some hip hop now, so you can go away for a bit if you'd like. I'll, well, uh, I'll fuck right off. <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> let's start. 
uh, with Clipping. The album is called There Existed an Addiction to Blood. This came out last week. Uh, it is the fourth album from the Experimental <coughs> Noise hip-hop outfit. Uh, I have to be honest with is you, Renfrew. I thought it was the third. It's the fourth. <gasps> Sub Pop are calling it the fourth. It's out on Sub Pop right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, they released their debut album, which is actually considered a mixtape rather than I'm not sure what uh, the difference is. I'm under the impression, isn't it, that like mixtape is just an excuse to get even more listens on Spotify and you just fart something out? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that's what they did, but um, I, I, I mean, but I don't I'm know. not the expert, and no, I'm not the person. I'm to not ask, sure, but. but anyway, I think it's now generally considered their debut album. Okay. Um, so this is, and it, this has been marketed as the fourth album by Clipping. Um, I'm new to this band. Somebody ha actually tipped me off on the download forum. I think he's called Mr. Duck. So Mr. thank Duck. you, Mr. Duck, on the download forum for saying uh, we should cover this. Um, because I've had a couple of people actually since then as well go, you should listen to Clipping. And I just thought, let me see if it's worth the hype. Um, now, if you're not familiar with them, you boys familiar with this band, Clipping? Yeah, I know Clipping. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I've not listened to him a huge amount recently, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll come back to you in a little bit. So Clipping Our Trio, as I mentioned, uh, consisting of producers William Hudson and Jonathan Snipes and rapper David Diggs. Now, um, as I mentioned, uh, they signed off their first album to Sub Pop. This is their third album on Sub Pop. Um, people were wondering whether or not there would be uh, this many Clipping records because actually um, David uh, was cast in 2015 in the musical Hamilton the hit musical, mm. um, and won a Grammy and a Tony yeah. in the process. Which I had no idea. Which is until, pretty like, The first time I heard this record, I had no idea. And then I did my started doing some research after hearing it for the mm. first time. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Fair play, you're versatile. He knows his stuff. Um, so, yeah, uh, this to me is very much an extension of the kind of long-forgotten horrorcore genre of hip-hop. Um, Can you give us some examples of the horrorcore genre? Ghetto Boys, I think there's a couple of uh, the guys from the Wu-Tang Clan's um, solo projects, which would be kind of considered horrorcore. Um, there was that guy, Necro, who came out a few, about a decade ago, who wasn't really very good, but I think he would probably, I think he tried to, <laughs> I think he tried to call himself death rap or something but i think he got lumped in with the horrorcore uh had the horrorcore thing as well okay. there's a couple of labels i believe that kind of specialize in it and it's a, but it's at this point it's much more of an underground thing than yeah. it would have been but you know it's basically taking kind of horror movie ide ideas and tropes and ideologies and kind of forcing them into rap music but where this is different this record for me um is the two producers, as I said, the two guys, um, Hudson and Snipes, who have a background in industrial, electronic, experimental, noise rock, and they were kind of making that music um, uh, alone by themselves before this band started. This band actually started as a kind of instrumental band, and then they brought a rapper in later on. Yeah. Um, so for me... I mean, I think we said it just sort of quickly yesterday when we were chatting room for it. I'm not sure that just calling this a hip hop album really tells you anywhere near the story of what this record actually is. I think this has got as much to do with, as I said, noise rock, throbbing gristle, bits of perturbator, John Carpenter, um, 
daughters. I mean, if you go on their Spotify uh, related artists, there are bands like Horror and Horror's um, on there and JPEG Mafia. There's yeah. also Code Orange. There's also, as I said, Linguita Ignota. There's also these on uh, related artists. Yeah, on on um, on radio on the the okay. thingy radio. So somebody and some people are who are into that sort of thing are also listening to clipping and i can kind well not even kind of i can absolutely understand why um do you want to start chatting about this yeah um i think um i do agree with um all of that to an extent um i think that the i think that the foundation i think as soon as you get someone of the also of the quality of uh david david diggs diggs um rapping over stuff like that it's going to have a massive hip-hop flavor and you would Mm -hmm. you know the the, if you wanted to describe it in a a couple (coughs) of words experimental hip-hop would probably be it but there's absolutely elements of dark wave or um industrial there is definitely industrial here and noise scapes and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth on it and certainly i think this album starts extremely well um, nothing is safe. Is uh, yeah, is a proper Halloween John Carpenter homage. Yeah, it? it's an anthem. Like yeah. it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant song. And the, we've discussed in the past, just four or five weeks ago. Excuse me, but my relationship with um, hip hop and how I found that, like in the past, um, there often isn't enough going on with the music itself. Yeah. Um, to interest me. And when this started, when the first song proper started, I was like, this could be the answer mm-hmm. because there's a, there's, there's lots going on on it, um, but without it uh, taking away from the story that David Diggs is trying to ta- t- t- uh, tell, it doesn't... Um, and, and, and achieving that balance of, I mean, there's things that are building very, very slowly, almost in a post-rock fashion, but in a very ominous post-rock sort of fashion. It's got that piano part in it, which just mm. goes relentless. Yeah. Like a horror film, like a stalker. It yeah, stalks yeah, yeah. you throughout the entire, like, the entire song, throughout the, the whole track. It just never, ever stops. And the bass line, that kind of synthesized bass line, the drums that come in, the kind of those wars and flushes of noise they go all over the place and digs as well um i mean one of the things that i think is one of the most impressive things about this record is the juxtaposition between the vocals and the music which this is a like you say this is not a a thinly produced um basic standard hip-hop record no, there's far 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 more going on i think i mean i said something to you yesterday which is that i think you could probably take the vocals out and you'd still have a very very good record you know you'd have a record which i think we i think we reviewed some instrumental albums that are less interesting than the music on this record uh and that's before you add in this rapper and his features that come with it as well but particularly yeah that track they kind of tag team intensity yeah which is really really fucking difficult to do Mm. like when he kind of slows down and he lets up Mm. they build and Mm. when he kind Mm. of goes Mm. really fast and very intense they kind of 
settle back a bit. They're really listening to each other, and that's yeah. really, really obvious. Mm. I, um, at its best, I agree that this record could be instrumental and still very, very good. Um, but I probably think it's only at its best for about half the album. Hmm. Um, but I'll get into that because I still want to keep saying nice things about it. Um, the next song, He Dead, like continues this brilliant, subtle menace. Um, and then it has it starts with that low, ominous, elongated, those elongated bass notes and something comes in. I don't know what it is. It feels like maybe like a glockenspiel, but that's been massively, massively produced and like uh, put down several octaves and uh, <laughs> slowed down. It, it's a very kind of Trent Reznor approach. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails is a great shout. I think there's plenty of Nine Inch Nails <coughs> on this record. Loads. As well. Yeah. Particularly Especially when you like Bad Witch era, I was going to say. Mm. They kind of what they, they were doing last year. That actually, kind of Bad Witch is a great shout. Um, I was actually going to say more um, the instrumental passages of The Fragile. Um, when he's at his yeah. deepest and darkest and lowest, but Bad Witch is a great show. Um, but there is a lot of that, and there's a lot of like sonic experimentation and a lot of like let's make a sound and then fuck with it, you know, in a digital sort of way. Um, and they're really, really good at that. And 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 that song continues that. You have a number of interludes on this album, which actually reminded me of um, Brand New's science fiction and those psychoanalysis tapes that. Uh, yeah. Jesse bought on eBay for however much money and just sort of dispersed throughout the record, but which just give it that eerie kind of ominous, gloomy sense of I don't know some some, some dystopian nasty thing. Well, like haunting. There's a track haunting. called haunting. Haunting. There we where, go. Where and I was listening to that in. I mean, to be honest, the first I put this on when I was coming back from Kiltwich Engage, <laughs> and the first and I, was, and I was walking through the dark streets of south london and i had it on and it absolutely it is chillingly sort of paranoia inducingly just unnerving mm. like and when it got to haunting he was she was talking about satan is trying to get me mm. i was like fuck me this is really <laughs> this is right to turn it off last time satan got me i had a great night <laughs> but um it is round this point that it begins to lose my attention slightly, if I'm totally honest. And actually, funnily enough, it's around this point that it starts getting really industrial and noisy, mm. which is often sh shit that I like. <laughs> but um, I think uh, it's actually kind of between like track five to like track 11 or something like that. It, really? It, it has a lot of ideas which, if not are repeated, are at the very least very, very similar, I find. There's a lot of good stuff on those tracks. The lyrics for Club Down are absolutely amazing. Oh, I love that song. They're incredible. I, I don't like the song. I like the lyrics. I think the lyrics are incredible. Yeah. I think they're really, really incredible. I fucking love that song. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I think it is one of the best. I mean, the thing about this album is, is <sighs> as good as the music is, and I think the music is really really great throughout um without digs i mean he is the star of mm. this record mm. he is absolutely the star of this record and on club down um it's probably the the only time on on the record i think where he switches into kind of legit anger because the thing about this record is is that I find it kind. Of, I actually find this record 
chilling in a similar, it, not in a similar way that Linguita Ignota made me. I mean, that is obviously an intensity which far surpasses anything. Um, and it's a different, you know, it's it's so emotionally wrought. This is kind of the opposite, but gives me a similar sort of feeling because it is, it is so detached. The shit they're talking about, the way like on the on the song of the show when he's mm. talking about the best, you know, like which is basically a torture porn story set to this, you know, kind of electronic throb. He is so detached from what he's saying that it's fucking terrifying. Like it's just it, it's that person who is staring you in the face as they carve a knife across their chest and and, and doesn't blink. Like he is, and, and I've actually read, I've read a few reviews of this record and the, um, <clears throat> a couple of the criticisms of it are that, oh, you know, he sounds too robotic. He sounds too detached. Uh, he sounds, you know, like he's not given it enough of emotion in his voice. I think he definitely does do that in Club Down, which is a seething, like furiously seething, absolutely hate-filled kind of, takedown of just modern society isn't it just yeah like, absolutely this fucking you're disgusting people it, it seems like he's walking through the nightclub as an analogy yeah, like, for that yeah <clears throat> and walking through the streets like the pigs with bottles in their faces and you know and and you can tell that that's something which he has this massive amount of disdain for but the rest of the record is kind of oddly Detached, almost like a serial killer would be. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? There's, there's a level of when you're talking about like cutting people's shoulders off, and there's the line. There's, there's a line in Blood of the Fang where he says, um, "Brother Malcolm told you by any means." So what you're saying, we're on the same team, and the sort of this, it's this kind of really emotionless indication of. Because I mean that that song, that whole song is about the kind of race-related race riots and the sort of civil rights movement, the black civil rights movement. I think for from over talking about it over a fifty-year period, and in that line, he basically just goes, "I would, I would happily just kill anyone," and it's fu and, and the way he says it is fucking like it's so detached that you you kind of believe it because mm. it's so kind of psychotically coldly delivered and when shit like that happens on this record i think it's just it's scary and amazing at the same time and it stirs the same sort of feelings in me as something like definitely the daughter's record definitely not to the same extent where i can't listen to it because i must have listened to this album 30 times in the last few days um but in the same way as the Linguita Igniter album did, in the same way as the Drift does, in you know, in the same way as some of the most painfully violent narcissistic records that have ever been made, this does the same thing to me as those records do. And but it's done in a completely different way. You know, this isn't somebody screaming and wailing and getting really, really angry. This is someone who is just like matter of factly dissecting you know you, you, you it's the difference between i guess charles manson and um what's it in ted bundy mm. that's how i feel about it i think i definitely i listen to this record and you know it un unnerves me but um i think the comparison to lingering notes kind of crass really because um with 
Diggs is uh, usually talking about characters, other people. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about stuff that's happening to him. Well, no, exactly. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Lingering Nota is, you know, talking about sleeping with her lover who rapes her every night and it's happening to her. And, you know, there's nothing on... on um, there's nothing on this record which I think is anywhere near as like I am the cunt killer, you know, which is like lines which are used on, on. Ling no, Ling but Nota. I think that you mean yeah. I think Linguiri Nota is its own thing. thing. I yeah. think to go that far, and I've said I don't think it goes yeah, yeah, that yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all I'm saying is when there are a a group of records mm. that tap into that thing where that just makes you feel incredibly uncomfortable. Linguitimate makes me feel so uncomfortable I don't, don't want, want to, to listen, listen to it. To it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this is like like I I like listening to the daughters album. I've got to be in the mood for it. Yeah. But I like listening yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this I like listening to it. It it I guess it makes you kind of feel like it's easier to put yourself in his shoes because you know it's a character. You know it's kind of all metaphorical. But it's yeah. so I don't know. I mean, lyrically, it is it is so cutting and shocking yeah. sometimes. I think it's beautifully like presented. Um, I mean, I, I've not really looked at other reviews of this. I wonder if people will look at it as uh, something that puts me off with um, so much hip hop is how it's. Well, we've discussed this before, but the sort of macho posturing mm. kind of aspect of it, and um, there's a little bit. There's of that a on teeny this. weeny bit of it on this, but but for the majority <laughs> of it, it's not that. It's um, it, it is well, he is he's primarily an actor, isn't he? Yeah. At the end of the day, mm. so and so he's just doing he's portraying these characters just in an incredibly, incredibly good way, but in a way that doesn't. Or doesn't put me off 97% of the time. Mm. There's occasional phrases where I'm like, oh, I'd rather you didn't put like that or whatever. But you know, and I do think like a story like Story Seven oh, is such a fascinating so fictional narrative. Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to uh, spoil it, but it, it <clears throat> the manner in which it sort of turns um, violence uh, against women on its head, I suppose. I'm yeah. trying to not well, say and, too much without... And, and also the fact that it. the hook... Because, you know, mm. the thing about this is not only is, is he, like, it, this amazingly technical rapper who has a really unique style. Yeah, his, his timber is brilliant. Um, and, you know, his flow is incredible. But he also, I mean, on that song, and he doesn't do it very much in this album, and... I think it's good to kind of use it this this trick sparingly, but he like that has got this vocal hook on it, but it's not the sort of vocal hook you could sing to someone because it's no, <laughs> do you know what I no. mean? But it suddenly comes out of nowhere when yeah. this really quite nasty, violent world is being sort of painted for you. Yeah. Suddenly, this really sugary vocal hook comes in, but saying the most appalling, horrible stuff and. That's an amazing juxtaposition of like of, of styles. I think he's he's fucking brilliant. This guy. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He's fucking amazing. He is. Yeah. Um. I, I I also wanted to say. I mean, I think um what what I was sort of trying to get at earlier in terms of in my opinion in terms of the album um you know it starts brilliantly for me it wanes in the middle doesn't become bad in the middle but I just lose interest in the middle um, towards the end of track eleven. Um, Annoyingly, I've not put it down, but it has this Amen outro. All in your head. There we go. Which is performed by Counterfeit Madison. Yep. 
who I don't know. Who I don't know either, but it's just like, it's quite a dark, menacing track. It's another kind of noisecapey track, yeah. really. Um, but then it's sort of out of that noisecape comes this almost angelic choir thing. It's just mm. it's just absolutely amazing. And it totally just switched me back on to mm. the record again. And then I'm back in it again. Mm. I just feel like there's a good, for me personally, there's a good 15 or 20 minutes in the middle where I am just a bit like, you're just sort of throwing noises at me now. And I'm a kind of bored by this. Mm. Um, it is way too long as well, isn't it? Let's face it. No. <coughs> well, are we including piano burning? <laughs> well, okay. I mean, piano burning is 18 minutes of the sound of a piano burning. Yeah. Do you listen to that every time you listen to the no. record? Yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, waste of time um, for that I last mean, track. You know, it's a bloody <laughs> noise. Do you know what I mean? The bands who make noisy records tend to make yeah, odd, and, long, and noisy I would criticise them for the exact same thing. I mean, yeah, I mate, I would too. Involved, so. I would, I would, I would too. I mean, I don't want to listen to it, but then mm. I don't actually think. I think when you put it at the end, it's kind of a joke for them. Like you wouldn't turn around and go, "Oh, rated R." I'm going to knock a mark off of rated R by Queens of Stone Age because I don't want to listen to whatever that fucking <laughs> shit is. At the end. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to listen to that. I'm right though, aren't I? I am right though, aren't I, boys? <laughs> The you, difference. you don't listen to Rated R by Queens of Stone Age and then get to the end and go, oh, I will listen to this whole bloody trumpet bit that gives you a headache and then go, yeah, I'm going to count that as part of the, the, the record proper. It's a perfectly good point. There is only one thing I would say. Uh, that trumpet bit is four minutes. This is 18 minutes. That's not four minutes. It goes on for like fucking... No, it's about four minutes. Yeah. Fuck me. If, well, it feels I, longer than It that. does feel longer. I but can listen to the sound of a piano burning for a lot longer than I can listen to that, <laughs> but to be honest... So that's the difference. But yes, there I understand are, but, what you're saying. But, but there are loads of um, bands that have done that before. And I yeah, always yeah, yeah, think yeah. that, you know. Yeah, and I always have a go at them for doing it. So I'm knocking a point off because that song. <laughs> I'm, I, I didn't say anything. We're, no, no. We I'm don't just, do points. No, no, <laughs> I'm not knocking any no, points no. off. But if <laughs> you fine. were to do that. I'm just pointing it out. Let's let's pretend it's not even on the record. I'll even give you the benefit yeah, of the doubt. Yeah, I, I, I do, to be honest. Um, fifth, so in that case, with, with Piano Burning, this is 68 minutes and 27 seconds. Without it, it's 50 minutes and 27 seconds. Um, I got all of the bits that I liked and I put them into Audacity and I like 33 minutes of this album. Right. <laughs> How long is it without Piano Burning? Uh, 50 minutes, 27. So it's over half. All right. I would eat my own shit to listen to 55 minutes of it all the way through <laughs> i think it's fucking brilliant i think i wouldn't touch a single second yeah. of this record there are okay so cards on the table time renfrey mm. um oh you're not gonna you're not gonna say things which no no hold on i've we've been talking obviously we're getting to the point now where we start thinking about what is our album of the year gonna oh, be and what are our best well no it's worth talking Don't about it. and and i've I've made a point of going, there are about six or seven records that have all been number one at some point. And that's true. There have been six or seven records throughout the year that have been, you know, my number one. But some of them have been like, like Spielberg's earlier in the year, in mm. the start of February. I was like, oh, I fucking love that Spielberg's record. It's great. You know, I never <coughs> thought it would stay there. Mm. And it hasn't. Mm. Um, the reality is I've been kind of juggling two records for my, for I go, I'll say five on the podcast, but really, <laughs> but really, it's one or the other of these two, and nothing else is coming. It's now three. Mm. So, I mean, I kind what, of because of the refused record. <laughs> no, this record <laughs> will be one, two, or three come the end of the year. Okay, I think it's absolutely amazing, and it is everything. I'm just delighted that stuff like this exists. Um, I just couldn't be. It's to me. It's it's it is the perfect record for 2019. It's it's you know it's just so 
representative of now and I, and it's so brilliant as well like we've i've been trying to get into more hip-hop stuff and you're right you know this definitely this is a hip-hop record yeah. of sorts yeah you know it's not to just say it's a hip-hop album i guess would be like calling for i don't know fucking this is young team by mogwai a rock album yeah 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 or, you know or, I mean? or neurosis a metal album yeah exactly yeah. so there's a lot more to it than that but when i listen to it and it stirs the same thoughts in me as um the daughter's record or neurosis mm. or you know um scott walker mm. or any of those really really and and but the difference with this is like i say is you can kind of walk down the street and almost feel like you are in that and, and it's yeah. not gross like it doesn't <clears throat> gross you out and you know i was talking to my girlfriend about this record and she's like why the hell would you want to listen to this why would you want to kind of start to feel like you know you're you're in that world and i don't know it's just something that's really kind of primarily not even it's it's a, a reptilian response to it like it's this it, this record is so fucking cold-blooded that it's just i don't know i think it's just something you go everyone's got a little bit of serial killer in them somewhere haven't they <laughs> but it's a bit of empathy as well isn't it i mean mm. the whole like a lot of art is kind of some kind of empathy machine just keep dropping a name in my nose it's fine right. um but um i think the daughter's comparisons are much more accurate in terms of the the um the sense of unease that it gives mm. you i probably find daughters more uneasy personally um but that's probably just my affliction to this i, I think daughters I, I think definitely <coughs> daughters are more that feels like a real emotion yeah. to me do you know what i mean that feels like a a genuine emotion whether rather than sort of um allegorical ideas and yeah. stories whereas this is acted but then then some people would use that as a compliment uh, uh, sorry a criticism and i'm hey, I, tom I, waits does it nick I'm, cave does it well, I was know, about Dylan say, does it i'm glad that a lot of this is acted because if it wasn't i'd be like we need to call the police on this <laughs> yeah. so so i don't i don't think that is actually a very valid criticism mm. um and actually in a way it makes me admire it more because i'm like you're a fucking good actor aren't you yeah um because it is very convincing yeah. <coughs> um, and it really, like, it's really, really sucked me in this record. I, I, I will. Changes I will, the way I walk when I listen to it down the street. I can and, see that, yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I will say, I have not listened to it on headphones, and I would like oh, to do oh, that you, at some you point. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, the, I have to say again, the difference between listening to it on a really good pair of headphones and just on a speaker. Um, yeah. Or a really good speaker. I mean, I've listened to it on, on an all right speaker. Yeah. And I've listened to it on a really good pair of headphones. Mm. And. On the headphones, it gives you loads more. Like you know, the again to shout out the the two producers. They're not like I think it would be easy to turn around and be like, we've got this guy, he's clearly amazing. Let's just give him a beat and let him work over it, which yeah. you know is what a lot of hip hop does. Yeah, yep. We give yourself you know a kind of catchy beat, and then we will just repeat it, and then away you go. You go, you be the yep. you be the narrative, you be the you know you be everything, you know you be the kind of color and the the sort of the hook and you, you do everything whereas like i say there aren't many hip-hop but there are a few instrumental hip-hop albums um probably introducing by dj shadow would mm. be the kind of main one um but you know there's the, I, if you took him off of this record and listened to it instrumentally i don't think you'd think that it's a hip-hop record I don't think immediately you go, ah, hip-hop record. No, you know I, I mean? think you're probably right, which is probably why it draws me in mm. like others don't. Mm. Um, 
uh, yeah, but but then I don't think all of the I don't think all of the tracks instrumentally would be that engaging either. In, in my maybe not, but he opinion. really picks up the slack for the ones that don't. I, I yeah. agree. Like I think that there are a couple that aren't quite as um, like some of the instrumentation, like you know, of the stuff that we've mentioned, um, like uh, the nothing is so, uh, nothing. Nothing is, is uh, sacred. Yeah, yeah. nothing is sacred. Um, Nothing is safe. Sorry. Nothing is safe. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, but that bit. Yeah. When he goes, nothing is it's safe. Secret. Nothing it's is sacred. Secret. Nothing is sacred. It's like, oh god, it's so great. I mean, it does. That does feel like um, when I heard that, I thought I'd heard it before. Mm. Um, it was kind of like one Halloween, of those... isn't it? It's so Halloween. It's a riff of yeah. John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. In the video, if you watch the video, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's really good. Actually, the the video. I went and watched the video for um, Blood of the Fang, mm. and that is a great video. Okay. It's really horrible again. Mm. Like it's very, very not suitable for work, but it's fucking just very disturbing. And it made me go, yes, like this is d this level of fucking detachment that someone like Carcass would have. Mm. And Carcass talk about medical, you know, the slicing of the flesh in this, that kind of medical terminology that they used to use, like really kind of clever medical um uh like almost something out of a medical handbook mm. that's kind of what clipping do at points as well yes it's it's really quite uh and uh, it should be kind very of visceral literature. yeah very very visceral <coughs> i yeah. absolutely i love it i will say this much it's i think it's a fantastic record in a predominant which predominantly sits itself in a genre that i don't care for but mm. i'm a professional and therefore i think i think this is a very i think this is a very very good record especially when it's really good yeah. and i would say taking piano burning off i'd say the beginning and the end this is a, an astonishing record and if i just took that 35 33 minutes of music and listened to that i'd be like this is incredible thank you mr duck on the download forum yeah thank you for giving me one of my favorite things i've heard in forever i'll say this much if we are calling this a hip-hop record thank you for giving me the best hip-hop record i've ever heard in my life mate it's up there like this really good not that i'm like to be very clear not that i've heard like 20 hip-hop records in my life mm. but you know this is b easily number one mm. it's easily the i mean i went down a bit of a rabbit hole to try and listen to more mm. kind of experimental hip-hop artists that i thought might be in the same vein as these and none of them have grabbed me in the same way as this has yeah there we go there's a few ones that i was like oh, i might come back to that guy and have a proper listen to him later on but nothing nothing like this this is a fucking absolute masterpiece i love it so anyway there you go that is clipping uh, there existed an addiction to blood it is one of the fucking best records you will hear this year you have to listen to it it's one of the um, best titles of the year as well it's great yeah you're right in there chaps yeah fine yeah. <laughs> gonna listen to that record i'm definitely gonna listen to it now yeah it's really good yeah i i, I yeah can't, can't wait, wait. i know i want to listen to the piano burning thing that intrigues me what, what a piano burning for 18 minutes yeah it's uh i like that sort of stuff okay you'll love it yeah put it on 18 minutes before you get out of here <laughs> <laughs> make the last 18 minutes really drag that's do we have do. anything exciting that's been happening in the box and since uh, we've been no we're slowly losing our minds all right okay cool drawing on the walls and 
Someone keeps moving the pole that the light's on. Oh dear. Wouldn't, wouldn't be anything to do with us, would it? It's right. nice listening to your two voices, but in real life, because I'm used to listening to them in my headphones in the car. Well, that's oh. nice, Tom. You're welcome. So, Thanks, uh, Tom. Carry on. Right, we will. <laughs> right, our next album comes from a band called We Lost the Sea. The album's called Parting Ways. Fourth album, again, from the... Whoa, 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 whoa. It's called Triumph and Disaster, mate. Is it? Yep. Oh, sorry, mate. I've obviously written down... Oh, Parting Ways is one of the songs... It is on the record. Yes, yes, yes. Um, sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah, what's it called again? Triumph and Disaster. Triumph and Disaster. Didn't know that. Um, the fourth album from the Australian instrumental post-rock Sextet. Uh, the follow-up to 2015's Departure Songs, an album which I have never heard before. Oh, In fact, I haven't heard We Lost the Sea at all. It, as I said, instrumental post-rock. It will surprise no one to learn that Renfrey, you brought this record in. Hey, yeah. Uh, go on then, give us a spiel. What are these lot? Well, they're Australian post-rock. Um, uh, this is a concept album, I suppose, and um, we have discussed in the past when uh, bands do concept albums and they're instrumental. Uh, we've been very cynical about that sometimes. Sometimes it works, kind of. You have. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> no, I have as well. I find it quite hard to follow it, yeah. Let me, I mean, let me just um, give you an idea of what it, the album's actually meant to be about. So Triumph and Disaster is a post-apocalyptic view on the collapse of the world told like a children's story and illustrated through the eyes of a mother and her son as they spend one last day on Earth. The music is the narrative for the destruction and tragedy. A sad love letter is told through a lens of intricate guitars and striking colour. The album deliberates themes and events such as the climate crisis, overconsumption, isolation, and the loss of love and trust. It is a lament for the planet, all the people on it, and the beauty that will be left behind. Right. Well, I didn't get that, I have to say. But um... Um, Now, I didn't. I, I, when I first listened to it, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I did get the sense of epic scale and something epic was going down right uh, when i heard it was effectively about the planet's destruction it all seemed to make total sense to me and <clears throat> the idea of it being the world's destruction through the eyes of a child as well or through the eyes of a mother whose child is dying um heavy duty that, isn't it's it? heavy as fuck and um now that i have those concepts and ideas in my head i mean i would say that like i'm often very skeptical about that sort of thing but i did go i implore anyone and in fact i implore everyone to check this album out because it's fucking brilliant as far as i'm concerned but i would also recommend that people go and um, there's a website called behance.net. We'll try and get a link for it and I'll try to remember to put it up in um, show description or tweet it out at some point where you see all the very detailed concept artwork and all the things that they have done around the record. And it's one of those classic scenarios that like the more you look into it, the more it fills in the blanks of what the music is. And I've now got to this point where I've gone down a hell of a rabbit hole with this album and filled in so many different parts of it and actually discovered kind of more and more and more what it's actually about. So, for example, <coughs> this is a 65-minute um, post-rock slash post-metal record. There's definitely points where it gets very, very heavy. Um, the opening sort of tremolo picking sounds like it could be from a black metal album, 
I would say. Yes, yeah, there's some definitely some like heavy bits on this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. There's some really heavy bits, and it can get very, very um, heavy if it wants to, and it goes into this phenomenal kind of cascading lurching riff which then goes half time and like there's all sorts of things going on with it but then there's also a song where um there's just beautiful picked guitar and a lap steel guitar which sort of takes elements from country and western um and i think that is parting ways actually may well be yeah pro- yeah possibly um and what we lost the sea do so well is they take elements from different genres but make them their own and never kind of explicitly go, this is a black metal bit, this is a country and western bit, this is a, I don't know, orchestral bit. And the the uh, it's really difficult to describe this album without talking about Journey, annoyingly, which I hate to do. Journey? What, don't stop believing? No, the journey that it takes oh, you right, on, Because okay, yeah. <clears throat> I think this album flows extraordinarily well. Um like for starters, the first song "Towers" is fifteen minutes long. I didn't even realize it was fifteen minutes until my fifth or sixth listen to the album, because it flows in such a such a um, it flows in such a incredible way. It's like it flows like water going down a stream, you know. Like it twists and it turns. It goes in different directions. You know, sometimes it's cascading down like these these waterfalls, and sometimes it's quite gentle and trickling. But it never feels like it makes an odd jump. It never, it never feels like, um, f- from the beginning of the song to the end of the song, you've gone to all sorts of places, but you never feel, you always feel like you've gone there on a very natural linear path, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It never, like, you know, sometimes like between the buried and me, for example, they try and put so many stuff in their things in their songs and then yeah. there's just all, sort of awkward, odd it's joins in songs. As a matter of fact, we'll talk about it a little bit, refused a bit later. Um, this always flows and it always feels so effortless and as a result i think 65 minutes for me goes incredibly quickly very very quickly in in the manner that like the tall record flows very very um very smoothly or Carl Luna album flows very smoothly yes it's a long record but it doesn't feel long because of the composition and the song craft is so solid and so strong that you never feel like you feel like you're listening to something epic, but you don't feel like you're listening to something that's long necessarily. Do you think you need that context to enjoy this record? No, I think it enhances it. Right. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong. I, I think I think it's great when um, though, like having that kind of context enhances a record. Um, but I don't think it's absolutely imperative because the first two or three times I listened to the album. I didn't know what it was about right. at all. And um, my first listen to the album, I was went, this is the best instrumental album of the year. Um, I think the only thing that vaguely touches it is Jambonai. But I do think oh, this yeah, is... I like that Jambonai record. I do think this is better. I mean, I would if someone said to me, oh, I prefer Jambonai, I wouldn't be like, you're wrong. But I do prefer this. I prefer Jambonai. That's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, 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 think, I think this is more... Jambonai's brilliant because you're listening to something. You're going, what is this? Yeah, you're going, what yeah. the fuck is this? I love that though. No, I know. And that is awesome. I'm, I brought Jambonai in and yeah, I, yeah. I love it, you know. But I think We Lost the Sea do something a bit more traditional to our Western ears, but they just do it so incredibly well that I'm like, well, I've got to give them the 
the fake gong in my head, which is best instrumental album of the year. Oh. This is also released in um this is also released by Holy Raw as well. Yeah. yeah, in the UK this is being released by Holy Raw. And um I would even go as far as to say that <laughs> this is less of an accolade, but bar reissues and EPs, I think this is Holy Raw's best release of the year. Wow. They <laughs> will be delighted with that so, accolade. Bar EP being the A.A. Williams EP and mm. bar uh, reissues being the Holy Fawn album. But I'm, but that is the level that I'm talking about with this album. I think it's fucking brilliant. Mm. I love it. You just think it's an instrumental album? I think it would make a good 20-minute EP. Oh, wow. I think it'd make okay. a great 20 minute EP. I think the last two songs are amazing. Like, ah. really, really good. I love the last two songs. I thought they were great. Are you, do you mean the vocal as well? Yes. Ah. Yeah. I'd like to talk about that with you. Okay. Um, I didn't get a lot from this. I kind of found myself nodding off um, during my first listen, about <laughs> halfway through. And then I sort of <coughs> made myself listen to it properly. And I just thought. I don't really, like I said, to part in ways is 12 minutes long mm. and I don't really remember anything happening during it. I just was like, this just seems to be one riff and it builds up a little bit and, and actually, and then it just definitely sort of fizzles not. out. I mean, it's definitely more than one riff. Well, maybe, but it just sort of felt like it just sort of continued on this path. I mean, when you talk about it fizzling down and trickling around like water, that's the exact opposite of how I felt. I, I felt that they just sort of, they sat in a pocket for for so long and i think that that's you know a lot of instrumental music does do that but i always kind of i don't mind the build but subtlety is all good and everything but i would like i wanted more of a payoff from this and i never felt like for the first half of the record i was getting frustrated that you know i wasn't getting enough payoff for so much of it and i was like i i i think the first song on the album's probably the most dynamic on the entire record though well, no, I think what's the, the the second to last one, which is 14 minutes long, The Last Sun, mm. that has that really cool um, kind of menacing bit. And then it just kind of stops dead and does something else completely for a few minutes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of what I want. Mm. It kind of built up to something very quickly in, well, quickly in post-rock terms. Mm. I guess two and a half, two minutes, 50 seconds is oh, pretty quick. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then it did something completely different for four minutes. And it, it felt like it really sort of soared, found its level of did everything that it needed to do and then changed and enough, what i like about it is the total opposite yeah the fact that it, it seems so seamless like you are going through loads of but it never feels like oh this is the first part this is the core or even this is part a this is part b part c this is part d it just feels like one continuous piece of music and i think the skill to do that is beyond 99.9 .9 of bands mm. I I don't know. I think <coughs> that's all well and good. And, you know, often that can be something good. But often for me, and certainly in this case, I felt like because it flowed and you don't really, see, you know, like there's nowhere to, uh, then there weren't enough points in it. Maybe this is just my attention span, mm. but there weren't enough points for me to bookmark and go, okay, so we were there and now we're here. Because it did just suddenly, like I say, subtlety's all well and good, but if it just feels like it's all blending into one long sort of never-ending jam session with a riff that and, and a pace that stays fairly similarly 
for a long, 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 long time, mm. then, you know, because there's one point where I was, what, I was like, I, I listened to it and I think it was in, um, it was in parting ways. I was like, right, I'm going to sit here and watch the clock and see how long they do this riff for. And it was like six minutes. And I was like, I can't hear this changing at all. It just seems to go on and on and on and on and on endlessly, the same fucking riff over and over and over again. And I was like, I, you I don't think there's any part of this record that stays the same for six minutes. Well, it's, it, it, that did. Mm. I watched the clock and I was like, there's that riff. I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to watch the, the timer tick through on on the, the thing. And I was like, it doesn't really seem to be I think about changing. I'm it changes like... It maybe changes tonally a little bit throughout it, but the bare kind of bones of what it's doing, to me, it just didn't, it didn't, I was like, you could have done that in half the time. Mm. And I think, you know, like, there's, there's being expansive and then there's just being a little bit kind of flaccid with what you're doing. And I, I guess I found a lot of this a bit just like, come on. You don't need 12 minutes. Really? Here. Okay. Um, I completely disagree. I mean, for me, it's the record which, it, like the Cult of Lunas and the Tools this year, just goes by in, in what feels like about 20 minutes. No, I, I, th- I <coughs> this felt like a real like endurance test for me. Really? Okay. Mm. Um, <coughs> but then, like I say, ironically, as I was a bit, I guess a little bit like you getting halfway through your clipping, when that bit dropped out at the end of that second to last song, mm. I went, oh, and I was like, oh, and th- and it totally grabbed my attention again. And for the last two songs, I was like, this is good. This is really good. And I did think if they'd released, like I say, if, they re- if that was a 20 minute long EP, I'd be like, this is really, really good. I mean, some of their songs on the previous album are 20 minutes long. Well, so maybe. Unlikely. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you know, or even if they released it as one track then, just a mm. one track single that was 20 minutes long. I mm. would listen to that. I thought it was really good. Let's talk about Mother's Song because I think that's quite important. Mother's Song is the last song on the record and um, when I first heard it, it's the only song that has uh, vocals on it and it's this incredible... She's she's an absolutely amazing, amazing vocalist um, called Louise Nutting um, who is clearly a phenomenal singer but does things which um, I actually really don't like. And I find very jarring and strange in yeah. a sort of X Factor sort of way. And <laughs> I mean, the kind of like, right? Like basically, like using I think it's using gospel a lot and just singing way too many notes. <laughs> just too too many notes. Too basically. many notes. Too many notes, mate. Stop singing all those notes. Um, <clears throat> when it you first, you got a bloody tree worth of notes about this album. Hey. <laughs> when it first came in. Um, it really jarred with me and I was like, I don't need Mariah Carey to finish off this amazing, beautiful instrumental album that I've just had. And I have to say that actually on further listening... Mariah Carey, I'd have taken Alexandra Burke at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I do think upon further... The more that I listen to that song... I think the manner in which it builds with the rest of the instrumentation, there's loads of horns in it, lots of horns mm. this year in music. Yeah, I like it's very the good though. The horns are lovely. Um, I actually think it's the perfect full stop on this album. And, um, you know, the, 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 there aren't many lyrics in it, but it's basically we rose with the sun and fell into disgrace. We bled the earth dry while guilt soaked through our veins. And knowing that the album's about 
the destruction of the planet because of us farting about with our technology and all that shit. Mm. It gives it a bit more of a, um, uh, you know, and this song, this song is meant to be the moment her son's died. And, you know, knowing all I that... I think I should listen to it with that new information to see if I, and if I enjoy it more. I, what I would be tempted to ask you to do, and obviously you're not in, you don't have to do this if you don't want to, but I'd quite like to show you, to send you the extended artwork and the additional concepts and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing, because there are pages and pages and pages of it. But, and it, it may sound like, oh, it's a hell of a slog to get through, but it's presented like a children's book. It's presented mm-hmm. like a children's kid's book. So actually it doesn't take that long to get through. And it's mainly illustrated. And the illustrations are beautiful. Like really beautiful, and accompanying the music, it, it's just and, and and this is the booklet which comes with the vinyl or the CD if you want to buy. It. I mean, talk about buy a reason to buy physical products. This is you know don't get this digitally if you are interested in it. Buy the vinyl or the mm. CD or whatever. Um, and it, it really is. It, it's got a really nice front cover. Yeah, well, the front cover. <laughs> No, it is. The artwork's really good. The artwork's I just really felt good. like such a damning with faint praise. No, but the yes. artwork's really no, good. No, 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 no. And the artwork is all done by. It, I believe it's one of the guitarists of the right. band as well. And 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 all of the artwork is that style. And and you can kind of imagine that artwork as a as a uh, children's yes, illustrated you can, book. Yeah. yeah, you know, it reminds me of uh, where the wild things are. The yeah, uh, Raymond yeah, Briggs. Yeah, that, yeah. Raymond Briggs, nineteen eighty six. Uh, it was turned into an animation. It's absolutely beautiful. Still and difficult film, to watch. And a film with James Gandolfini. Oh yeah, James Gandolfini. Oh God, yeah. Mm. Um, but um, no, I I thought this record. You know, I don't think it's been the best year in the world for instrumental records. But this is right out. You know, this and Jambonai and uh, I can't even think Mate, of the other. T for the C is the one that I'm like. Oh yeah, yeah T for the C. Thing is, I guess this is the difference between you and I, isn't it? Because I like just fucking mad shit going off all over the place <laughs> all the time. But I also think. I think all three of those records are brilliant, but those three records also kind of put some mockery to this whole, and I know you, you haven't done it as much anymore, but kind of puts a whole mockery to the whole Renfrey core thing because how different are those three records? Oh yeah, they are really different. Like, completely yeah. and utterly different, but they are all essentially instrumental records. There's mm. some um, Korean No, you're right. Of course, you're right about instrumental music. I think you are. I mean, I, I guess possibly that's why, I mean, I got the feeling that you really like this record and when I heard it, I was a bit like, oh, because some of the other ones that you brought in have been just mm. really like, whoa, like you listen to ch- Three Track Tigers and you do go, fucking hell, wow. Yeah. And it, and it, it is everything that you don't expect instrumental to music to be, whereas this to me is everything that I do expect instrumental music to be. Mm. And that's not an insult per se. It's mm-hmm. just that this to me feels, you know, this is um, the, the, the Die Art is Murder of instrumental music. <laughs> It's got a lot more songcraft than Thy Art is fucking murder. Yeah, well, so <coughs> Death Girl hasn't got as much songcraft as anything. Else, <laughs> so that's, that's why. Um, but yeah, I just thought like this is kind of what I expect from an instrumental band, instrumental post rock band. I guess me. it's it's what people um, disparagingly would call crescendo core. Although even that, I think, is quite unfair because the manner in which this <laughs> crescendos is very expertly done. Don't but but yes. There's not many crescendos in it either, really. Oh, I don't know. I, think, I, I don't think there is. Listening to this album, <laughs> it's well, just quite think a lot. It's very dynamic. This album. I don't think it is. I don't. I don't think it is. 
Sorry. I don't know where to go with that. Okay. I just don't really think it, like, you know, we've just been talking about the Clippy record and to say this is dynamic in comparison to... This is, this is way more dynamic than Clippy. No, not in a million years. If you got, if you got the two, if you got the two um, waves, the wavy sonic wavy things. Yeah, you'd be a boring person and you wouldn't do that. Yeah, and you would also, in fact, I'm going to do it when I get in tonight. (laughs) And you would prove prove nothing. You would prove prove that that We Lost the Sea is more dynamic. That's got nothing to do with it. A fucking sound wave isn't going to prove shit about dynamics. It's the feeling. It'll give you an idea. No bollocks. It'll give, give you a vague that's a graph. idea. Music's not about fucking graphs and fa- nerd. Fucking Mr. <laughs> Carol Vorderman here. Fucking trying to tell me what. We've scientifically proven what's good about music. Bollocks. It's scientifically more dynamic than clipping. But that's fine. You know, clipping's good as well. Uh, okay. Yeah, mate, this isn't rubbish. <coughs> Maybe it's just stretch no. imagination. I just like. Certainly I don't isn't. think. I think maybe I need the story to go with it and yeah. we'll see if it's better. But anyway, that is uh, Triumph and Disaster by We Lost the Sea. Boys, are you into that? How you, they fall asleep. You f- <laughs> <laughs> that sound like a bit of you, lads? You are? Not listen to it. Yeah, but does that, you going to listen to it on Rimfrey's recommendation? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you are. We come all the fucking way down here. And all <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're drunk. We're drawing you both from memory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how's the... want to see them. I'm much thinner than you remember. <clears throat> however, you're drawing me. Oh, good. Okay. I'm really uh, pleased All right, let's about talk about Alcest. This would be good. Spiritual yeah. Instinct by Alcest. Yeah, good. Uh, it's the seventh album from the French trio. That has I'm sorry I suggested this as an idea. Yeah, it's an awful, <laughs> awful idea. Um... Uh, obviously, Alcest, one of the popularizers of the black gaze movement, this is a follow up to 2016. Popularizers, I like that. They are, aren't they? Don't know um, if it's, I don't know if it's a word, but I like it. I know, I've just made it. Oh, yeah, you can talk. You're making up words <laughs> all the fucking time. Um, 2016's Code Armor was the last it. record. And I actually kind of expected, um, due to the sort of stuff that the various members of uh, Alcest who were being interviewed, um, in the build-up to this record and the stuff that I read about it, I expected um, quite the departure. Did you? Yes. I did as well. Um, actually, no. Um, let me cycle back. Um, I got given this album very early because I reviewed it for Metal Hammer and you get stuff um, super early with print. Mm. Um, so I heard it a good while ago. But then when I was listening to what Nage was saying in um, interviews about how... Uh, Uh, well like stripping his soul bare and just uh, yeah how it was a very cathartic and difficult and um i guess visceral Mm. album to make i was kind of like yeah i guess so yeah (laughs) i thought we were gonna get like a like when new bermuda came out by deaf heaven yeah which was definitely a reaction to going right well we no no we are heavy yeah 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 that's what i sort of thought we might get with this yeah I think I think it's um I think it is more raw in the sense that it feels a bit more um live and you mm-hmm. know I don't know how Alcest record but it feels a little bit more let's just plug in and go than say Kadama or Shelter that isn't a criticism against Kadama or Shelter both of which I think are fucking amazing records by the way Kadama's my number one but um I got a front I got to fess up a little bit here I'm not a massive Alcest fan. Are you not? I'm not even that I'm I not am a massive. By that. Well, it's not <laughs> that I'm not a fan. I've just not really um, 
dug that deep into their back catalogue. So what do you know and what, what do Kadama? you know? Just Kadama. That's the only one. Oh, mate, okay, okay. Well, Shelter is like the really controversial record for them because there was no screams on it at all. Yeah, as I'm far aware as I recall. that that's a sort of... Mm. It's very super sort of dream poppy, but, you know, actually, I mean, a, a fantastic record. Fuck the haters. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> You all right with that? Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of hip-hop this week, so, so you know, it's rubbed off on me. For you. <laughs> for me. <laughs> you have to boom-shake the rooms a lot of hip-hop for you. What a song. Um, but, oh, you uh, like that, do you? You like boom-shake the rooms? Oh, boom-shake the rooms, brilliant. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Remy just likes really credible hip-hop artists. <laughs> yeah, quite. Like Will Smith and the Fever 333. I mean, getting jiggy with it, yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, Alcest. Alcest, we were talking mm. about, yeah. Um uh, no, the Kadama, the last record was based on Princess Moniki, 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 the oh, Studio Ghibli, you don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, I know what that is. The Studio Ghibli thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this is a massive departure, no. No, I, I think it was going to be more of a departure than I that. I think, to be honest, I think this is kind of more of the same, slightly different, still very good. It's quite a cool meld of... Uh, of all the things I've, so when I say I only know Kodama that's probably the only one I've only listened to that. I've heard bits and bobs of Alcest from over the years or whatever did you see them support Opeth not too long ago no I didn't no yeah. no I didn't see them um, I've never seen them before as I said I'm very just good not yeah I've just not really ever kind of gone for them for some reason I don't know why I don't know why um, me. they're coming to the they're coming to the old London town in December I know they are I'd like to see them because oh, I like this. Basically, yeah, I mean, it's really get good. to that is that this is really good. I really like this, and yeah. it feels like a cool meld of the things from the past of theirs that I heard, and the good shit from the last record. Uh, so you know, I, I kind of like that um, they haven't gone quite too far down. I didn't really like the idea of an Alcest record where it was going to be like trying to be black metal because that doesn't really feel like you know trying to be like full on heavy like. You know, like we said about New Bermuda by Deaf Heaven. I didn't re I was like, ah. Oh. It's like one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> I think kind of, again, we'll probably talk about this later. When you are just trying to give people what they want, inevitably you <laughs> give them something shite. And, um, and <laughs> because you don't really believe in it. Um, so it's good that they haven't done that. Uh, and um, yeah, I think there are some really, you know, there are a few parts where this is quite, it's, it's heavy, you know. It's yeah, 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 definitely. Like it definitely. definitely is. But, I mean, you know, their strength is in, I guess, kind of taking black metal parts. And, I mean, there's Robert Robert Smith's fingerprints are, are all over this record. Oh, yes. Oh, um, yes. And... It's all over Alcest. It's all over uh, the, Their discography, not them. <laughs> this, I don't, wouldn't know. <laughs> wouldn't know. Um, but, mate, I mean, there's, you know, that, that touch of black metal tone in, in the guitars. In There's a song which I think is probably the like, centrepiece of the record, Lil Demore. Oh, yes, hello. Which is just... Like, that weird electronic pulse one. Yeah, mm. and it's gloriously kind of... It does a great job of... What I always find with a lot of these bands who are the kind of black gaze thing is they separate the metal and the kind of indie shoegaze elements from each other. I quite feel quite separate. Do you know what I mean? They, yes. They, they very rarely, you know, they'll have a bit which kind of, oh, that's a sort of shoegazy bit, and then it will just go double time and it will yeah. be screaming. Yeah. And it's quite a good, it's a, quite an amazing skill for Alcest to be able to do a kind of black metal riff, but keep the shoegazy parts over the top of it. Well, Alcest feels like an even, m even more of a hybrid. 
mm. like two liquids mixed together rather than a s- two solid blocks of cheeseburger put together. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm very hungry. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yes, so it sort of meshes together more liquid coherently coherently thank you yeah, jesus christ help me out and <laughs> and uh yes i totally agree so at times so alcest don't sound beautiful one moment and then heavy the next they sound beautiful and heavy all at the same time yeah. they sound crushing uh it's like being crushed with a velvet blanket mm. fucking hell wow it's <laughs> <laughs> also the fate of many of rimfrey's dates over the last <laughs> It's uh, a hell of a way to go, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Uh, <laughs> Laughter from the box there. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and again, second half of the record, I think, is is the strongest part. Ah, I really like Protection and Sapphire, which are both the first part of the record. They're, pro- they're probably I my really favourites. Like, I think Sapphire is great. When I say the second half, I guess the first two are good, I think, but I think it gets, to me, this album gets stronger as it goes on. Spiritual, okay. in- Spiritual Instinct, I mean, I think yeah. Lil Demore is the best song on it, but Spiritual Instinct, how it ends, it ends really, really well. I mean, I don't have, a, I, I, I don't, good, I don't really, disagree, it? it's all good. Yeah, it's all really good. Mm. It's all really good, like, dark, driving, uh, power pop done with metal guitars mm. get basically which is kind of what Alcest do and and you know not even what they do what they have done for a little yeah. while i should probably say because early Alcest is quite different um but um it's yeah it's kind of it's another good Alcest record i'm seeing a lot of people go quite um bonkers for it and it's did you give it nine out of ten in the new metal hammer no i gave it eight but they might have bumped it up to a nine. Oh, <laughs> they wouldn't do that they wouldn't wouldn't mm. thought <laughs> I mean, why would they uh but yeah um but i think i definitely I, gave it eight so if it's okay well nine. maybe maybe i just <laughs> they bumped it up it. maybe i just mislipped it but you know i think at this point this type of this sound has become totally accepted within our scene isn't it yeah definitely by and now so it's cool obviously they are one of the sort of as i said the popularizers of this type of sound i was going to argue are they not one of the originators are well, they yeah, not yeah, one of the yeah. first yeah yeah but mm. yeah originators popularized you know they're one of the biggest ones aren't they? well they're one could, of the first and one of the biggest i'm gonna be pedantic here Go you could then. call death heaven a popularizer yes you could but you couldn't call them an originator no no you're you're, you're quite right yeah pedantry yeah my tummy um, is clear. I know. It's my tummy rumbling. It probably hasn't picked up on mic, so apologies. It's not going to be very interesting for people mm. listening, but Jesus Christ. Alcest album's good, isn't it? It's really good. Yeah. There's not a lot else to say, but it's really good. It is you good. should listen to it if you like Alcest. It really it's really good. good. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Um, well, I think we've done that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that, that, felt, is... that felt below par for us, I have well, to say. Well, I just it's think fine. it's they're quite hard reviewing these bands, and they just release another good record, which sounds like them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I don't have is. the, you know, I'm going to fess up so I don't have the context of the entire Alcest back catalogue to place it in, you know, like, oh, it's my third favourite of their seven or whatever. Um, it's, I don't know, it's my third or fourth favourite. Right, you can't just say third because I said third. <laughs> well, I prefer Kadama, definitely. Okay. Uh, Shelter's a sort hey, of a different I, thing. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what we should do. We should ask the, the, the Haggard Cat chaps. Oh, the old Haggard Cat chaps. I bet Alcest. they know loads about Alcest, you, right, chaps? Are you guys into Alcest? Silence from the box. <laughs> <laughs> so really, not a, that tells me that you're not I'm not familiar with their work. <laughs> not familiar with their work. 
<laughs> Didn't think he would be. No, not you, is it? Not very punk rock, is it? No, it's it's just not it's not straightforward enough. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like there's too many bits <laughs> to my liking. Yeah. How Quite a lot of bits in it. How's the pictures coming along, chaps? Oh, do you want to see them? Yes, please. Um, why not? It'll be a treat please. for the old YouTube. Oh, uh, big time. YouTube. Yeah, from Pass memory, it. so don't take it personally. <laughs> well, I'm going to take it quite personally. Let's have a look. Okay. Uh, here we go. Who's, 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 this appears to be, that's me. Do you want to open your own one? <laughs> why not? Why go. not? Okay. And I suppose we should describe this for <laughs> um, people who are listening. Right. Well, there's two things here. One, my head is definitely shaped nicer than that and it says i don't know why i've got so many teeth as well it says hello i hate everything Stephen." and um, it's a ph not a v so you've and, and i and i'm naked as well i look like a cock i just look like a cock with a face is that how you think i look like a paint i'm naked why haven't i got a shirt on why have i i'm not taking my <laughs> Come on. Well, I I do have a shirt on. I've got very long squiggly hair, nice yeah. glasses. My nose is really bulbous. I'm not sure why. I have my lips are incredibly feminine. Incredibly Fair feminine. That doesn't look like you. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like me, bitch. That's absolutely me. And it says If you looked at that and you thought who's the better looking one out of the two of us? They say you and that is not accurate at all. <laughs> and and my my little message, uh, I, I'm assuming I'm saying this. This is a speech bubble, is yeah. it, guys? I love atmospheric shite with no words, which is definitely <laughs> accurate. So, so <laughs> fair play, guys. Well, that's really good. Maybe, right? Yeah, that's really, really good. It's good to see that you're using your time well um, in the old... Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's fine. That, fine, yeah, I love it. Appreciate that. We should, uh, we should uh, tweet, we'll tweet those out. I think. Do I have your permission to tweet that out? Steve? Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah, we'll tweet yeah. those out. Go Lovely stuff. Can we keep those? Can they're we keep gone. those guys? They're gone, they're gone back oh, in yeah. this stupid they don't care. box full of twats. <laughs> um, we're going back in the box now. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, the box full of twats. See you later. All right, now, next album we're going to talk about <clears throat> is Someone's Knocking by Mark Lanigan. Uh, this is the 11th album from the Mark Lanigan band. Yeah. Uh, we reviewed his album with Duke Garwood last yeah, and we were very positive about oh, it. Oh, good fact. Golly gosh, I love that album. We were very positive. We've kind of been universally positive about Mark Lanigan mm -hmm. since we started the show because he is, he's good. Would you go for a night? It's a good impression, that. Thank you. Um, so Mark Lanigan has spoken about the influence of acts like Joy Division and New Order in the build-up to this record. And... When it first started, I thought it was quite disorientating to hear that type of music mixed with this very sort of bluesy voice. Rolling just to keep on rolling. Yeah, yes, quite. Exactly. I thought the idea of a... It's very 80s, this record, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, actually, you know, and, and actually I listened to it, I mean... Don't say yeah, but I listened to it. I thought, oh, I think this is going to be a bit of Steve. We'll find that out in just a moment. We will. But... Um, Yes, it was it was a weird juxtaposition. I think on paper the idea of like eighty sort of synthy stuff and um, um, oh, it's more than just synth, isn't it? Dark pop, yeah, uh, Depeche goth mode, goth kind stuff, of, yeah, 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 post punk. The idea of that on paper with Mark Lanigan's voice sometimes is better than the execution on mm. this record. Mm. Sometimes it's not though. Sometimes it works incredibly well. Well, I mean, who knew that what the world needed was this kind of 80s post-punk album with Mark Lanigan? I know. Yeah, 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 cool. uh, not me, although you shouldn't really be that shocked as 
like you say, it's I, a lot of things I've that you like. Yeah. Never ever said anything bad about Mark Lanigan ever, and I fucking love all those bands that you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, Mode, yeah. Joy Division, New Order, yeah. Echo and the Bunny Men, like all yeah. that stuff. I fucking love that shit. So obviously, um, he just had to write some good songs, and I was going to be hello, mate. Yes, good. But like I say, initially I wasn't sure. I mean, actually, kind of funnily enough, the opening song, Disbelief Suspension, mm-hmm. is probably the worst song on the album because it sounds like Ooh. Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. <laughs> Dancing With Myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it, really 80s. And it took me a I'm couple like, of listens oh. to get into it. And I now think it's a, a rollicking good opener, but certainly not the best song on the album. I don't no. think it's the worst. I think I, I think it might be. Not for my money, but that's... That's, you know, opinions and ourselves and all yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, even into the second track. So the second track's mm. called Letter Never Sent. And it made me sort of sit up a bit more. It's got a kind of Eastern tinge. It's got yeah. a bit of a Susie and the Banshees influence yeah. in it yeah. as well. Um, but what? I still wasn't totally on board at that point. What it feels like you're getting at, and I do agree with this, if this is indeed what you're getting at, is this album takes a little bit yeah, get a little bit of time to get going, doesn't it? Takes a little bit to get going. Takes yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. to get used to. I agree because it is a weird thing to hear Mark Lanigan in that context of that stuff. I agree. It, it does. It does take a few tracks to um, get get going. It's, um, for me, it's the fourth track, this dark disco jag. When I was like, oh yeah, oh. that's full on electro gothic pop really dark he's got a lot of menace in his voice uh-huh. sounds like it was recorded down the dark alley outside a club with a neon sign in 1986 do you know what i mean sounds like it should be something i was one like but yes of, right <coughs> um well i was only six i wasn't hanging out in those sort of places but Bollocks, it doesn't sound like <laughs> <laughs> you were born um, in those sorts of places i know yeah. i was born in the shadows and but yeah, it was, it was, it was, I was like, that's wicked. That sounds like something that should be on a sort of like 80s video nasty. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it was really good. And he sounds great on it as well. So uh, that was the point where I was like, yeah, here we go. And then it, it takes me just one more track. Uh, gazing, uh, from gazing from the shore. Oh, it's brilliant. What a song. That's, it's, that, that just sounds exactly like Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know that. What I my reference, thank you. My reference point was: it sounds like the last song on a John Hughes movie, except with Mark Lanigan singing. Yeah, brilliant. Proper Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, yes, I suppose I, the only Echo Bun- Bunnymen album I've heard is that, that interpretation one, one, which is not the yeah. You need no, to give me more trade off no. for that. Um, but yeah, no, um, that song. It's a great is run excellent. of tracks. Then yeah. stitch it up yeah. is like sounds like stitch New Order and. There's a song called Playing Nero, which is this yes. like really great dream pop song with like, like a cowboy front in it. The romantical, it could like, that could be in a remake of Weird Science if they yeah. ever did it, except they would never remake Weird Science because it'd be very problematic in the 21st century. Mm. I'm sure they could find a way. Uh, but that's a great run of tracks. And then it comes to my so hungry. personal highlight of the record, yeah. which is Penthouse High. Oh, Which yes. is like kind of head on the door era cure, like proper 80s pop. And... I never thought I'd write that in conjunction with a Mark Lanigan, Mark Lanigan album. Yeah, there's you know I mean? ghosts inside pop. this house. Yeah. Great little oh, there's, ghosts oh. there's ghosts inside this box. Maybe who knows? The right. box I'm referring to is the one which is literally behind me. Um, but yes, yes, that is a wicked song. Six, that's six minutes song. Uh, six minutes long. That song, and it Brilliant. does not feel like no, it. No, it doesn't. Um, really, really. Yes, I, I mean, when this record is good, I think it's really, really good. There are a few tracks on it. I don't. I'm a bit ashamed to say I don't agree with you on the um, 
dark disco jag although i understand why you like it right okay. i just i'm I just like not a big it, fan yeah. of it um night flight to kabul doesn't really do an awful there's, there's a few mm. what i'm getting at it's 14 tracks it's 56 minutes it's too fucking long steve it is too fucking long you could shave a couple off for sure I mean, I mean I don't even want it to become my catchphrase, but it kind of has done, hasn't it? Mm. It's too long. I mean, I think the last track ends really well, but that is kind of indicative of how I got to at some point of the album. There's a song called Last two, Track's Wonderful. Yeah. Two Bells Ringing at Once. Yeah. But yeah, but the start, it sounds like bloody Simple Minds. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, 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 hold on. Let's not go too crazy. You know, Echo and the Bunny Men, New Order, Joy Division, that's all good. Don't oh. start sounding like Simple Minds. But overall, it's a good but overall, overall, it's a great ender. Overall, great it's, it's really good. And it's just the piano. When the piano comes yeah. in, he starts to sound, it sounds Monica Martin Allingham song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably anything else on the rest of the record. Yes. Possibly. Yes, I think um, that's accurate, definitely. I mean, I think it's brilliant that, you know, this is his 11th solo studio album. We're not even including Screaming Tree stuff. We're not even including stuff um, he did with Isabel Campbell. Isabel Campbell, Duke Garwood, mm. uh, the Gutter Twins, which if you've never heard the Gutter Twins album, is fucking amazing. It's the one he did with Greg Dooley from, from Afghan Wigs. You know, he's done so much stuff and he's touching on something which he's never quite done before. And 80% of it, he does extraordinarily well, in my mm. opinion. I, if if three to four songs, which if this was 10, 11 songs and 42, 43, 44 minutes, I'd be hailing this as like one of his coolest experiments and one of his best best albums. For me, I still prefer kind of like stuff like Bubblegum and Whiskey mm. from the Holy Ghost and uh, Scraps at Midnight. But this is a really cool you know several years i think his career started in 1984 so 35 years into a career he's still doing stuff that he hasn't done before yeah that's awesome i think it's great um it's very very good good and surprising album by an artist who's kind of worked out how to grow old gracefully absolutely oh yeah which uh brings us on to refused i guess (laughs) doesn't it uh, anyway, well, that's um, someone knocking by Mark Lanigan. It's really good. I think you know, good, yeah. as a committed fan of eighties kind of gothic, electro pop, post punk music, mm. I think the ma- I like the majority of the songs on it. I wouldn't disagree that maybe you could shave it down a little tiny bit. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I, talking three, four songs maximum. Yeah, but. I think when it gets going, this record, the parts really that are brilliant good. are mm. fucking brilliant. Agreed. Like really, really brilliant. Yeah. Um, bit more editing next time, Mr. Mr. Lanigan. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Just, just a, a smidgen. Bit. And, you know, whether he will continue down this road of doing that, we don't or know. Or listen to this. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> listen like to this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I'd be, you know, I, I think it's, I kind of hope he does go, I hope he doesn't carry on with it, actually, because I think this sits alone in his back catalogue. No, if he was to make another one like it, yeah. I'd be like, you've no, done I, that. I, I, and I don't think he will. I think yeah. he is, uh, like Nick Cave, I think he's one of these artists who just does different stuff every time and, mm. and 90% of the time it's really good. He's just yeah. one of those brilliant artists. So he fair play, Mr. Lanigan. Good. We love you. Um, lads, are you into Mark Lanigan at all? Screaming Trees, any of that? I love Mark Lanigan. Yeah. Ah, oh, mate, this record. You'll like this. It's very interesting. I've listened to half of this record so far. What are you saying? What are you saying so far? Uh, it, it confused me at first. Yeah. That's why I've only made it halfway through, but I really liked the sounds of what you guys are saying. I'm probably going to give it another go. I you think, should, mate, I think just give it a couple of goes because at first it absolutely is a bit like, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But the fact that someone can do that 35 years into their career is fucking awesome, isn't yeah. it? Mm. You know? Absolutely. Mm. For sure. All right. Um, actually, I would like 
if this if this is okay, I'd like Matt. Is Tom about as well? I don't know if Tom's. Tom's, s- yeah. Tom's into this box. <laughs> <laughs> is Tom about? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, I know that you have quite a few things to say about this next record that we're going to talk about, and I feel like there's going to be a deluge of hate. Um, headed for my direction, which I need yeah, someone to, need to I need I need help deflecting it, I think. So if you don't mind staying where you are, are you comfortable there? No. Okay, <laughs> fuck it. Let's go into it then. Go ahead. Refused War Music is the fifth studio album from the Swedish Agit Punks. Uh, the second record since their 2012 Reformation with the last one being 2015's Freedom. Hmm. Uh, 2012 which Reformation, which both you and I constantly go on about. Yep. That, those f- gigs at the Forum as mm-hmm. two of the best shows we've ever seen incredible, in our lives. Incredible gigs. Yep. Until Trent Reznor rocked up at South Bank Centre last year, <laughs> I would have said the best gig I've ever seen there we was go. refused at the forum. Um, obviously, The Shape of Punk to Come is a Quite masterpiece yes. um, and one of the most important records ever made by any band ever. The album that got me into hardcore. The album that got you into hardcore. Um, freedom on Reflection, Renfrey. Uh, what what are you what were your thoughts on Freedom? I think we sort of touched on it a little bit. I think Freedom was an enormously brave album and kind of almost the best thing they could have done in a weird sort of way it is huge there are huge flaws with it um there are i I actually re-listened to it for the first time in a little while uh in relation to this album Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna say right now just to jump off now that i think that war music is better than freedom after a being the two but having said that i think freedom is more experimental and I just think a lot of they they released a record which um no one wanted with freedom mm-hmm. um and but the thing is is sometimes it's really really you know people who wanted refused back wanted um shape punk to come part two probably yep. um and uh refused came back seventeen years later. And released this weird alternative rock record, which had like disco had bits in it. Much more in common with the international noise conspiracy. Yeah. This is a comparison I always make. When Refuse split up and Dennis went and formed the international noise conspiracy, a completely, completely different band to Refuse. Yes. Probably the best thing that he could have done at that point. Yes. Um, more of a garage band, really. Definitely more of a garage band. Had a lot of kind of 60s um, yeah. vibes to it as well. A lot of Stooges. Stooges. Mm, and yeah, and... and and kind of classic rock and roll as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Great band. Really good band. Like kind of the first three International Noise Conspiracy records, yeah. I think, are Survival really, really brilliant. Yeah. Uh, like okay. really, really good. And um, and I was kind of glad that Refuse came back. And, you know, on reflection, I was excited by the idea of a new Refused album in 2015 um, because they had been so good. They had been so exemplary on their return like absolutely at that point i was thinking this is the perfect way to reform especially when the story of how refuse got back together and what had happened to them post the shape punks come coming out it was i can't think of another band who had gone away having never even bothered even the sort of smaller parts of the rock press even the sort of punk press to not be bothered with at all in any way and then over time become this phenomenal cult band Mm. Um, and to come back and sort of live up to 
the hype, I guess, and the expectation of how great people wanted them to be. People that, you know, had never seen them, never heard them back in the day, like didn't even know they existed. You know, I got into them probably six months after they split up. Mm. I got hold of the show for Punk to come then. And I was absolutely gutted. So obviously I was delighted when, yeah. they, when they reformed. And I was, I was looking in old episodes, old issues of Kerrang! and Metal Hammer to find, like New Noise was on a Metal Hammer CD. Right. That is the only thing. And I think they, were, they had a new band piece about them, which was like a quarter of a page big in an old Metal Hammer. I don't recall them ever being interviewed in Kerrang! They were reviewed at the Fuck Reading Festival at Brixton Academy, where they supported fucking Rikers and Exploited. Um, and they were the opening band. And they got booed off stage, apparently. Right. They had Beatles haircuts. Right. Um, I remember <coughs> they played the Red Eye in Camden. Yeah, something like that. Um, and, um, Dagger. To be clear, when I say I remember, I mean someone told me, because uh, yeah. I did not remember this. But um, they played the Red Eye in Camden. And... Um, from people who were there, there were like 20, 30 people yeah. there kind of thing. Mm. So, uh, you know, it wasn't quite the same. as I think At the Driving reformed around that time and it wasn't the same sort of thing. We're at the Driving on the front cover of Kerrang. Absolutely not, no. So not the same thing at all. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, great, good for Refuse to be coming back. It will be difficult for them to release a record and for them to release a record which, like you say, lent far more towards the international noise conspiracy than mm. it did the show for punk to come, to me, was a good idea because that was something that Dennis had been doing over a longer yeah. period. It was yeah. obviously something that he was comfortable with. It was obviously something that he felt he was, you know, that he was good at and it was something that um, felt like a natural extension of the type of music that they, that they as a band had been playing. Obviously it was a bit heavier and there were other touches of what Refuse used to do in that record. Um, ultimately though, four years down the line, I don't think that record has aged particularly well. I, I don't, don't think it's a great record. I think it's quite an average record. I don't go back to it very no. often. And as I say, I listened to it for the first time in a good while. Um, listening to it alongside this war mm. music and um yes i was surprised at how some of it hadn't dated all that but all that well which mm. is which when you consider how well shape of punks comes dated is quite interesting yeah, yeah. but um well yes. i mean <laughs> i wonder if i should actually i just wonder if i should bring matt in super quickly here because i do know that you adore freedom don't you i um i really loved that album when it came out <clears throat> right how um, do you feel now it was kind of like it because um, obviously I was already a huge fan of Refuse. Like, yeah. Shape of Punk to Come is one of the most important albums of all time, one of my favourite albums of all time. Um, but I was real careful with it not to have any expectation because that would be really foolish. Yeah. kind of ever want someone to follow up that album because I don't think it's possible to follow up that album. Mm. Even if they hadn't just been coming back after a, some time away, I think even if they were doing like two years later an album, they wouldn't have been able to follow that. Mm. Um but I liked the idea of them just changing genre and being like, we're a dad rock band now. Like there were, there were bits like that <laughs> sound kind of harsh. like Led Zeppelin inspired, which I loved, like yeah. more acoustic-y things. Mm -hmm. Like um, there was one track in particular that sounded like Aerosmith, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. always good in my eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but no, I, li I liked it. I, li I liked the angle. Mm. Um, I did listen to it again recently um and i enjoyed it but yeah I, I think you're right it hasn't stood up to the test of time yeah, well. yeah 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 um the first time <laughs> the alarm i mean obviously i have said pretty much every week since i've had this record 
how I feel about it. Mm. And what's what I've not really had the chance to expand on it particularly, and so I'm glad that I'm getting the chance to kind of expand on it now. Uh, what I will say about it is what I like and dislike about it changes has changed and continues to change as I continue to listen to it the more and more I listen to it. So I don't think this is quite going to be the hatchet job that many people expect it to be. Um, but the first time alarm bells started ringing in my head was when Dennis said, um, we wanted to make the record that people wanted us to make after Shape of Punk to come. Now, yes, to he me, said this on the Swim podcast, the Daniel P. Carter yeah. podcast. Now, to me, that is not a reason to make a record. That is, and straight away what I would say is, I think that is, the, the, the idea and the fingerprints of that are all over war music. This, to me, feels like an album second-guessed and, and made by committee, an album made out of a sense of duty rather than a sense of inspiration. And I guess in a nutshell, that the, that is the kernel of what my argument will be as to why I think this record is a big disappointment. Mm. I think it was very worrying when hear, when hearing Dennis say that <clears throat> um, they were going to basically now make the record that people wanted them to make because yeah. that's always a bit of a worrying sign. <coughs> but putting the two albums together, putting Freedom together with War Machine, I, I do just think that this is... I do think it's a more interesting, better. I don't even know about more interesting. I suppose in a way it's less interesting than it Freedom. Definitely but I do think it's a better record than right. Freedom. I, I, I do think Freedom's a more interesting record, but I think this is this is more straight down the line. I don't think it is a straight down the line record per se, especially in the world of hardcore when you've got all sorts of things, but just it's not straight down the line compared to say terror. But um, it's well, more straight down the line than freedom is. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, you say that it's not as straight down the line as terror. I mean, for Refused, and unfortunately this context does exist. Mm. Unfortunately for Refused, yeah, I think, yes, it is. I think most of this record sounds like a YouTuber doing an impression of, you, of, of Refused. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Jared Dines going, and then Refused sound like this, don't they? And that's fine for like, you know, if people do an impression of David Bowie, they go, yeah. Oh, I'm and yeah, David yeah. Bowie does something like that. But David Bowie's written a bunch of absolutely fucking glorious songs and has done lots of different things throughout his career. So many of the riffs, so many of the um, the patterns on this record feel like people who are... The whole thing feels to me like a band who are desperately puffing and panting to be able to keep up with the thing that they did over 20 years ago it's like listening to Lars Ulrich play Whiplash now hmm. do you know what I mean the I don't think they sound tired on this record though oh mate I think they sound so okay we one of the conversations we had hmm. um, before we were recording this was you said to me and again this is probably we're going to argue about dynamics you said to me this is a more dynamic record because I'm not even going to you said to me like oh don't just come on and go wow it's not as good as a shape of punk to come <laughs> I'm saying to you, it's not as good. I did say that. You did say that. I'm going to say it's not as good as Songs to Fan the Flames of Discontent. Now, Songs to Fan the Flames is not a, is is a good record. It's a good record. Really it's good record, record yeah. right? Before, but, but you know, Refused made a few records and the kind of EP collection pre that that record 
where they're not a good band. They're not, you know, they're finding their feet. Those albums are not really worth listening to. There's nothing of any genuine kind of interest on those records really mm. like if we're being super brutal about it you're talking about everything pre-song everything pre-songs and found the flames nothing from any of that period of their career is really gives you any kind of indication of what they what's going about to happen to do. and not. even on songs to found the flames i don't think there's any real huge indication no. they're about to do that no right i agree songs to found if if they'd split up after songs to found the flames there would be no clamour for a refused no. reunion now. There wouldn't, no. right? Th- we are not talking about... and that It's a really good record, but it's not a damaged... No. It's not London Calling. No. It's not, um, you know, the Bronx 2. It's not Great Britain. Mm-hmm. It's not one of the kind of, you don't go fuck me. That, that punk rock, like that is what punk rock should sound like, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still a very, very good record. Yeah, yeah. I don't think War Machine comes close to capturing the energy, the spark... And the in, even the ingenuity and 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 the 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 drop in I mean what is it I've written down here I've, I've written a, a little bit about this um, if you listen to Return to the Closet on that record and then listen to anything on War Machine music you listen to how quick the bass sound how quickly the, those basses picked how much fury and anger how much kind of pace and energy is in that and then how the guitars attack the bass when the guitars come in and then how quickly everything drops out mm. now you talking about um you were talking about dynamics mm. to me that's dyna- that's dynamism right mm. to be able to do that and then drop it out so quickly and it go quiet like yeah okay it's a trick that a lot of hardcore bands do but it sounds fucking great mm. it's mm. fucking mm. great 28 years later on songs to fan the flames mm. and there are moments on this where they do similar stuff and you can just f- see it coming a mile off you can feel it coming a mile off you it just doesn't have the same level of energy there's you know nothing attacks as hard on this record as it's not okay from songs to fan the flames and that, that's the, you know the rhythm changing that that's 50 it's seconds an long unfair thing to would you expect how is that an unfair thing because to because how songs to fan the flames was 23 years ago right so so it's it's very uh, it's very unlikely that a band is going to attack with the same um veracity that they did on an album 23 but they're still trying to um this album doesn't do anything apart from try and do that i don't you know this isn't like mark lanagan where we're going oh he's bringing in 80s you know if (sighs) i don't know a song like a song like um if if hold on hold on If, if someone like let's pick i don't know the reason people don't like something like I don't know, Death Magnetic, right? When people put Death Magnetic next to Ride the Lightning, those comparisons still get made. It doesn't mean Death Magnetic is a bad album necessarily, mm. but you do go like, guys, knock the fucking fast shit on the head because you can't do it anymore. Mm. And when you listen to um, songs to Found the Flames and you listen to this, you know, unfortunately for Refused, and I'm sorry that this context does exist, that album is so important and so great and so revolutionary that, I mean, I'm, I, you can't even, but it's given them this kind of holy status, right? And I, and it means that they mean something to a lot of people. They mean a lot to me, right? I'm not happy that I don't like this record. Do you know what mm. I mean? I'm not like, oh, hooray, great. I can slag off a fuse. I don't want that. Like System of a Down, Radiance Machine, um, At the Drive-In, those bands that were really energetic, you know, I mean, maybe a bit harsh on Rage Against Machine because it's not Rage Against Machine. But if you t- if you consider Profits of Rage, consider how Profits of Rage sound, 
how boring that record is compared to the first Rage Against the Machine record. Mm. And how it's not just like, you're not fucking Motley Crue. You're not Kiss. You can go squeeze your fat ass into some pair of spandex and go and play to a bunch of old floppy bingo winged housewives and they go, yeah, we have a few WKDs and fucking go home. Like, that's not what those bands stood for. Refuse actually used to stand for something. And you listen to this and you go, what do you stand for? Apart from being another bunch of bloated, ploddy, boring musicians desperately trying to tell yourselves that you're still capable of doing this thing that you are just not capable of doing anymore. The reason that I disagree with that is because no one sounds like Refuse except Refuse. <laughs> I don't think Refuse sound like Refuse on this record. I think, uh, but but, the, but one of your criticisms is they're trying to sound too much like the old days of Refuse and then you're saying I don't think they sound enough like Refuse. I don't day. think they're capable of... Ca <coughs> I, I don't want a crap version of something which is really, really... which exists, uniquely exists. And mm. I think, that, you know, freedom, whether you enjoyed it or whether it works for you or you know whether it doesn't or not it's something different faith no more didn't do that when faith, you know soul invictus yeah. is not yeah, coming yeah. out and trying to do the real thing yeah you know they're not trying to write epic like yeah, you yeah. can't do it anymore except that you can't do it anymore and yes you know like no one else sounds like faith no more but faith no more found a way to age into this sort of latter part of their career where they don't it doesn't sound like oh god this is embarrassing and and you know we said it on the phone um, when we were talking about the shape of punk to come, mm. some of the lyrics on the shape of punk to come are, are pretty not very cra good. Are crap, right? Mm. Mm. And you know, we was we were talking about with Matt last week about how you know sloganeering in music mm. back in the day, political slog the political sloganeering of bands like Rage Against the Machine and System of a Down were amazing, but if you just took those words without the the anger and the fire and the ingenuity of what that music was doing they'd sound a bit trite. Well, I used the um, example... I've got a bone to pick with capitalism and a few to break. Yeah, which yeah. on which on the beginning of that record sounds absolutely vital and just like pumps you up. Mm. But if you take it out of context, it sounds stupid. Yeah. Um, and then you put it, you know, <coughs> the, the kind of the, the lyrics on this, because the music is just not up to it, it makes them sound a bit stupid. I, I the, to, to me, there is one minor embarrassing moment on this record. If you doubt me, you're yeah, a weapon. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is the one bit that everyone's talking about, if you hear this, you're a weapon. And to be honest with you, from Turn the Crass, it's not even the phrase, if you hear this, you're a weapon, that's embarrassing. I think it's the execution of it, because oh, yeah, the song... It's a, it's a, it's a beatdown as generic as any beatdown that you ever slag off from any metalcore band, um, ever. I, actually, if anything... Heart of a Coward would throw that beatdown in the bin. If anything, I think I think they try to do something different and just fail. I think I think the song just stops, and then um, it it sounds like it's been tagged on the end. That's the <laughs> yeah, issue with it. it mm. And it actually, not only does it sound like it's been tagged on the end, it sounds like it's been protooled onto the end because it's not even in the same. Um, it's in a completely different like tempo it's a different tempo i don't think it's a different time signature but it does just sound tacked on mm. and it sounds very kind of like where has that come from and it lasts about 50 seconds and then it's gone yeah. and it is a bit of a bizarre I, I don't i don't even have an issue with the phrase or the phrasing or the way that it's sung or anything like that it is just the manner of like that just suddenly appears and it's just a bit like eh? but nothing um lyrically really inspires me on this I, record. I will admit that it is full of a lot of 
um, kind of empty, empty very slogan. And uh, it, the slogan here is empty because I feel like the music surrounding it doesn't give it any gravitas. That's the problem. I mean, that's what I disagree you think of, with, though. I well, really okay, like some it, of these songs. Okay. When you think of what Svalbard say, mm. I mean, mate, we talked about the men thing of the album last week. America, you're freaking me out. Says more in that like three and a half minutes than this entire record, and it's I, not even a political song. I I, I I I I do agree with that. I don't I don't I don't think the um, lyrical content is brilliant on this record. I don't think it's embarrassing. Um, I told you actually over the phone, a, a journalist friend of mine, Simon Clark. I'll shout you out. Heavy blog is heavy blog. Uh, said I've never heard a protest record, protest record which has so little to say, mm. and and I can't disagree with that. Um, but just in terms of the songs, like. I'm hopefully going to go and see Refuse next week at Brixton with Academy. With no, they've Thrice. been moved, mate. They've been downgraded to Shepherd's Bush. Oh, it's a Shepherd's Bush. Yeah. Which will be downgraded? better, to be fair. Yeah. Probably will be better, to be honest. Um, but I'm hopefully going to go and see that. And, um, and you know, I'm going to shake my absolute arse off when stuff like Violent Reaction comes on or I want to watch the world burn. I mean, that has that, like, funky edge that well, refused have which no other hardcore band really does as well as them and and if we're getting more refused it's not shape of punk to come good but i also think it's kind of you're making a rod for your own back if you're going to expect it to be shape of punk to come but i don't no i don't i don't, I, I, do. I, I don't expect it to be shape of punk to come i don't want it to be shape of punk to come i don't want it to try and be shape of punk to come and I you think this is trying too, too much to be Shape of Punk? No, I think this is trying to be Songs to Fan the Flames. Mm. I don't think it's even capable of even pretending like it's even worth mentioning those two, Shape of Punk to come in this in the same breath. It's not even, uh, like, just not in a million years. I'm aware of Matt in his hole, and I feel like Go on, he... Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say, do you know what? Because the thing is, right... Right, it's is, got one more thing to I say, know, One more thing, because <clears throat> I've, I've said all the bad stuff about yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it starts quite well, quite well, right? Rev, um, Rev, Rev 001, 001 is a decent opener. I don't think it's as good as Electra from Freedom, but I was no, like, that's quite a I decent agree. opener. It's still quite good. Violent Reaction, you mentioned before, it's is essentially the same song, but it's, it's still quite Violet good. Violent Reaction is a good song. Yeah, Violet Reaction is a good song. That last riff is fucking banging. It's a good song. And then actually, um, uh, I think the last song on it, I think the the infamous left is quite is quite good. It's got quite a decent change of pace here and there, which I like. And then Economy of Death is really Economy good. Of Death is brilliant. It's really, really good. Brilliant. It feels like the kind of the damage has been done by everything that happens in the middle of that. But it's got this kind of double bass part and it's the only yeah. time. What I will say is, listen to the rest of this album and then listen to that song because it's the only time where it's even got a little bit of a Metallica fill in it yep. where they There's go some full thrash. metal. Yeah, some full There's kind some of thrash metal stuff in, in there and I like yeah. it. It's you know, it's a little cheesy in places as a lot of these songs are but that's probably my favourite song on the record as it ends, right? Oh, I might agree with you actually. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a really, really good song. So, you know, this, this album is not a complete and utter fucking disaster. It's not a four out of ten. It, no, it is a four out of ten. It is a four out of ten. Like, I'm saying that because Steve gave it four out of ten in Melham. Well, and I stand by that. I think it is a four out of ten. But a four out of ten isn't an absolute. Like a two out of ten is an absolute disaster. Sure, sure, a four okay. out of ten is a, yep. is a below average record. Now, if yep. a, a young band releases this as their debut album, right, I wouldn't be excited by it. I wouldn't be like, oh my god, we have to cover this or whatever. But I would probably listen to it and go, um, there's a couple of songs in that that if they really, really work hard, they might make a decent second album and maybe a pretty good third album but i can't ever see them being like a great band mm -hmm. this is refused we're talking about mm. and that's how i feel about it mm. so you know i don't think this is an absolutely 
diabolical album. I'm incredibly, incredibly disappointed mm -hmm. by how below average it is. But it's not, you know, I've been sort of going, oh, it's rubbish, it's rubbish. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not the Blink-182 album. Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not absolute sh utter shit. But it's just very, very, very uninspiring and it's very subpar and it's very below average. And for me, for a band as good as Refused, I think that is a massive shame. A massive shame that they've allowed themselves to tarnish their legacy to the point where I'm now, I don't know if Refused are a good band. I think maybe they were just a band who, I read again, talking about David Bowie, I read something about David Bowie once where somebody where he said apparently someone called him a genius and he said i think nobody's a genius but sometimes people are touched by genius mm -hmm. right i think refused wrote the shape of punk to come with nothing to lose a bunch yeah. of pissed off angry young disillusioned kids who went fuck it we got one last shot to do something let's just fucking do it the albums before that weren't great songs of fan of flames is really good yep. but the albums before that weren't great they've come back they've made two albums none of them are great are Refused actually a good band? I think they are. Yes. Uh, go on, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Come on, you or come a, in. Or a great band then. They're a good, a, a good band, I'll give you, but a great band. I'm not sure that they're a great band. I think they're a band with one great record, but I'm not sure that they're actually a great band. I, uh, after this. I disagree. Go on, I, Matt. I think they're a great band. Uh, I mean, I, like, as a caveat, like, I've listened to this album twice. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and I've listened to this album from the perspective of not expecting to be impressed by it. Mm -hmm. as, um, as did I, because I had this one in my ear telling me it was awful for fucking, <laughs> fucking six weeks. Well, I mean, I didn't I have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what were the, f the, the lead two singles of this uh, were Revolution 1, and what was, this, what was the second? Um, that was Blood Red, which I think is an absolute stench pot. So that was Blood Red and Revolution 1. And the first, like, I, I didn't look at any press from it. I didn't expect anything. But the first thing I really saw after those two songs being released was there was this really embarrassing, um, like, uh, record label reel that was played over, like, social media, like, my Instagram. Like, it was a little, like, one-minute-long video. And it's kind of, like, refused. And then it's, like, Revolution 1. And then it had Dennis going, Revolution 1. And then the riff. And right. it was, like, and Red Hot. And, and it was, like, and then he sang that song title. And the same riff happened. And I heard that and went, oh, this is going to be dog shite. As in, as in uh, then he sang and Blood Red? Yeah. Oh. They're, they're, Blood they're the Red. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. It's, and it was like they, the, the label had kind of picked these two bits of the song that were really showcased that there's not going to be any eclecticism like, yes. in what this is going to be whatsoever. And I heard it and went, oh, okay, right, that's what that is. But so I, w I went in with that kind of frame of mind and I've, I've not really kind of listened to it too critically yet because I've just you know, a couple of couple of lessons in. Mm. Um, but I had a really good time listening to it. Yeah. And when the singles kind of popped out of the whole album as a whole, I was like, yeah, that's how they should work. Yeah. That, that works now. Yeah, um, and I there's agree. Just, there's loads of really, like, fun stuff on there. Like, I know, like, um, you've already brought up with it, uh, Turning the Cross or Turning the Crash. Turning the, yeah. Turning the Cross is the just shite, And that that song is bollocks but the start of that song's great yes i agree really that's it isn't it, isn't it? i agree uh, yeah, no, i actually do agree with that i think the start of that song i was like oh this is going to be good and then it just like it's the sort of thing that partway drive would like fart out in their sleep <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i i i yeah i i'm obviously far more on matt's side than i am on yours with this one i'm afraid mate but what i will say that is 
really really interesting well i i i like this record i don't love it but i think it is a in fact i'd go as far as to say i think it's a very good record in places what's really interesting about it uh you do know that i love to pop on the old metacritic from time to time and, I, and oh mate don't worry we've got a review <laughs> that i'm about to mention at the end okay we'll kind of yeah go on well um, i've seen metacritic i know it's got like 90 fucking six or something uh, no it's at the i checked it earlier today and as we recorded this um and it's 89 out of 100 on metacritic that's only based on seven reviews so it's not very mm. many but that is very high as things stand um metacritic have a, a, a top 100 albums of the year this is number 12 between dave the mercury winning uh yeah which prized guy this is so and lingua ignotus caligula is it really wow okay it's Fucking above hell. lingua ignotus now let me just point out and i'm uh, now metacritic yeah. metacritic is in a way metacritic is a nonsense and it's just an aggregate of like critical reviews and stuff like that um but it's kind of interesting to look at it from a sort of factual point of view bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. I, I find it interesting that this record is clearly being received extremely well, but I would probably argue better than it probably deserves to be, even though I like it a lot. The enemy guys, <laughs> the enemy. Careful, they probably want to be on, be in favour with the enemy. If anything, they've got okay, a record well, you coming can out keep soon. Quiet about this. <laughs> five out of five in the enemy, and the enemy's review said that this is the best album refused have ever done the, <laughs> the best album refused have ever done now i've heard some shit in my life <laughs> before i've heard some fucking shit like you know bocassa the best band since slipknot or whatever fucking <laughs> absolute crap you want to fucking throw out right i've heard some reviewers say some stupid shit before but I have to say, uh, hip hop isn't music. That's another one from Rimfrey. I didn't say that. I was really annoyed when I heard that last week. I said, I said, hip hop does not have what I, know, I bring, what I like about music. I didn't yeah, say yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. music. Joe Nunn came up to me at Kelsey's engagement and went, I, I remember when Rimfrey said that hip hop isn't music. I didn't I say like, that. You didn't say that. I'm so um, annoyed. Uh, that was out of context. It was really. Out of That's very out of context. Yeah, I'm very annoyed. Really I heard. I was listening up. listening to it, the episode last week. I was in I was in the airport. I'd had no fucking sleep, and that came on. I was fucking furious. Because like you, you no, taking me? No, I was still. Well, it didn't sound like it at the time. I was bloody annoyed. Anyway, I said it's so on. throwaway. But anyway, the enemy. This is the best thing refused have ever done. Oh, it's I mean, you, you, are taking, you are taking the piss. You should have your ears legally shot into the sun. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> and that to me is like, you know, I get it, guys. We all want to like the new Refused album. We all want to. We all want Refused to be great, and we all want them to have a great new record. And hooray, this this one's heavier, whatever. But review the fucking record don't review the band mm. like that all those reviews they smack of oh we'd better be nice to refuse because well, they wrote made the shape of punk to come Karang and the fact it. that they're now like going it's better than the shape of punk to come it's just you're talking rubbish Koran gave it four out of five q gave it four out of five i mean yeah uh, the, i mean q and the enemy like if you're gonna go to anyone about hardcore <laughs> definitely trust q over over me definitely <laughs> but i mean 
Uh, you know, even classic rock. I mean, classic rock. Oh, um, classic rock are famously um, big on hardcore. My, my point, so classic rock gave it 7 out of 10, but my point is, for some reason, this record... And, and actually, no, I do see why, because I actually... I, I think this is a good record. We just submitted... Out of 10, what would you give it out of 10? Um, it's definitely a 7, um, possibly a pro- approaching an 8, but see, it's seven probably a 7. strikes me as... You ain't going to be listening to this in a year's time. I don't know. And all these people that are telling you now how great this record is, they ain't going to be listening to this record in a year's time. I think Mark my fucking words. To be honest with you, I, I think you're probably right. I just don't think it's as bad as you think it is. I, and I think we have something that I like to call the Stephen Hill syndrome here. <laughs> What's this, the Stephen Hill paradox, if you will, um, which is basically... When there's a band that you absolutely adore and they let you down so badly, rather than it being a disappointing record, it's actually the worst thing that has ever happened in your Name life. Another <laughs> at time the drive-in. That at the drive-in album is fucking terrible. What that at about? the drive-in album is not a very good album at all. No. I will absolutely stand by you with that and I would even go as far as say it's probably like a five out of ten. The way you describe it, it sounds like that album. I think this is better than the Out of Drive. Oh, well, that's thank God for that. <laughs> yes, it is. But I think sometimes there is, and I'm not, this isn't me like having a go or anything like that, but I think sometimes there is like a point where a, a band comes along that means so much to you and then fuck it up so much. But I think that's you. all part of the context. I don't think you can mm. review, like, you know, I don't think you can, you can. Just be like, I mean, the point is, is that that, that back, you know, they were meant. To, I'm just very disappointed that, you know, I was maybe I'm a naive idealist thinking that the bands who actually told me when I was a kid that they stood for something have ended up being. I mean, you look at System of a Down, the fucking money grabbing twats that they are. <laughs> and, you know, do you know what I mean? It's just like. A surge never coming on the show. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, I don't want them on the show. <laughs> Split up. Go I want Surge on the show. No, I don't want them on the show. Right, Go right. split up. Do something else. Stop ruining download. Fuck off. <laughs> like, oh, I've got a sore throat. I've lost a dog. I can't play. Just go. Don't play then. Go work in fucking McDonald's. I don't care. And, you know, and raise it. Oh, we're back to save the world with really ploddy riffs and two old blokes talking about drones. Like, no. And it's not, like I say, it's not the same as as um, whoever from the 80s or the 70s. Like, you know, ACDC come back and you just go, oh, they're not as fast as they used to be and they're sort of a bit old. But they've always been, you know, they weren't so built on, they weren't built on this, like, we will fucking destroy the music industry. So it's Refused down to these, were. Yeah, Refused down to were these. like, let's destroy everything. Let's crush the music industry. Let's crush the music industry. Oh, actually, no, we'll just sort of settle into our old age pipe and slippers bollocks. And it's just like, that is insulting. Uh, but were those and bands sh- and sh- it's a real shame that that's happened were those bands ever like that or was that just the media playing that stuff up Ref- yeah, well, with Refused do you think they were playing that up do you? I, 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 they weren't even in the media it's a metaphorical question it's not it's not, uh, uh, it's not like I'm not actually claiming that as a thing but I'm just asking as a sort of devil advocate type of thing definitely not you can't, not I mean, with Refused Refused were not and Racist Machine you know Racist Machine shut down fucking uh, well, the stock, uh, exchange stock Exchange for a, yeah. for a day do you know what I mean they they you know, like these boys are in here, and I'm sure, like, I'm not being flippant. Well, you know, they are making a whether we think it's silly or not. Like, oh, and we do think it's like, silly, it really is, guys. <laughs> really stupid. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I kind of admire the fact that you are at least 
have a strong, have a strong, making a statement. I always say, like, if you've got a really, really strong opinion and statement about something, and I just don't feel like this does, and I don't, and I think those bands should be held accountable. They they should be held accountable to higher standards than just your average common or garden band. I just, I, and I do believe that you Mm. can call that the fucking Stephen Hill paradox if you want, but. <laughs> but I'm happy to take it because I think there are. No, some, it's fine. You know, it's just an observation. But like, yeah. but yeah, I think I, th- I don't I, think anyone else has, has, has done it. And I, I'm still going to call it the Stephen Hill paradox. Well, you can call it that. <laughs> if you want. If disparagingly, just dismiss <laughs> genuinely relevant claims and sort of <laughs> problems I have. If you just want to, like, you know what I mean. But you know, at least I know hip hop's music. So. <laughs> Didn't say that. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I mean, but again, mate, like you say, it's not. I really hate it, and I'm stuck. Like, there are four good songs. There are, I've given it four out of ten. I can think of the top of my head. There are t- there are two songs. First two songs, I think, I like the opener and I like the closer. I think the second track's pretty good. I think the second and last track's pretty good. Everything else, I don't like. There's Even ten tracks on this record, is ten it? tracks. So that's four, four out of ten. 10. Four out, of ten, four out of ten. Is that yeah. how you do your scores? That's not how I do my scores, <laughs> but I just like <laughs> I've, having just worked it out. Then it makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. And especially sure. like you know with um, uh, the if you hear this, you're a weapon. Like I liked that song up until that point came mm-hmm. up, and I was like, oh god, that is a shame. So I feel like I feel like four out of ten is is absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if the two that I quite like are worth a point each. It might be a three. I mean, I, I think I, if I'm happy with a four, I give it a four. I, I think this record is, you know, you obviously disagree, but I think this record is relatively consistent throughout. It's 35 minutes. It's. I don't think it's ever absolutely phenomenal and makes me rage the way that Shape of Punk to Come does. But I do think when it's good, it's pretty good, you know? I've actually like gone it. through track by track on my things with how I feel about every song. Like Malfire, thought it was going to be. Good. There's a lot of I thought this was going to be good because it had a good Eastern riff at the start, mm-hmm. and then it was just paceless. Like the drumming on this, the drumming on this is mindless. Mm. Do you not think the drumming is like until the last track? You listen to that last track, and it that is when you go, yes, it wasn't my imagination. Mm. It's the only time it feels like that's been written as a single with a different drummer. Definitely, I mean, it's definitely the yeah, best I'm, song on the record. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it just to me, it just hammers home. And then when I listen to um, songs of Found the Flames after listening to this, I mean, it's absolutely night and day. And again, yes, you can go, well, you can't expect them to be as good and blah 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 blah. But they're trying to do that, so yes, I can. Mm. Sorry, guys. And look, I'm not happy about it. I fucking love Refuse. <laughs> I still, I still like you know, despite all that and being like, oh, Refuse actually a good band. I mean, you know, I, I've, I, I've I think ref- so I, much like fucking love for them for so long that I can't just completely dismiss them. But I am, you know, like I don't want to, I don't ever want to see it fucking out the drive-in ever. Mm-hmm. I've seen footage of that; it looks awful. I'm sure they'll be great live. I'm sure they'll be great live. Yeah, they'll just be a lot more piss breaks. <laughs> I think Refused are a great band because this came on and even before Dennis started singing, I went, ah, this is Refused. And I think, I, I, and I, and I think that's... It and came I, on, I thought this is Diane Abbott fronting Five Finger Death Punch is what I thought. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we got our episode title. <laughs> we could fuck off now, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, one last... Uh, Guys, you're, any final words on um, the Refused album? Come. I've only listened to it a bit, but can't really remember it. 
Oh, <laughs> fuck me. Tom can't really remember. I can't really remember. You're it's sticking no a box in. Matt, is yeah. this how in-depth all of your conversations are going to be for the next however well, many hours? It's been a few hours now, like... We've made this podcast a lot longer than usual just so we could sort of hang around with you longer, to be honest. Yeah. We, th- we were a bit concerned yeah, about I'm, you. Uh, I'm hanging by a thread and a little bit worried because I think we're not even like a quarter of the way through yet. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you might be. You might, well, who knows? Yeah, you don't know, do you? I don't know. Um, uh, what do you plan to do with the rest of your um, 23 hours in the box? Uh, silent meditation. 23? <laughs> Silent meditation, okay. Anything else? Um, I don't know, we might, like, I don't know, write the next album, I guess. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. Heavily uh, brick-oriented, <laughs> <laughs> enclosed, trapped. Good. Yeah, I don't know, I have no idea. I, we didn't really think this far ahead, to be honest. We said, oh, that's a, that's a thing that means that thing. Let's yeah. do that. Oh. And then, you know, here we are a few hours later and... Uh, yeah, we totally didn't think this through, did we? We're just stuck in a box now. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck with it. The things we want to do, you know. I mean, hence the analogy being brilliant for Brexit. We didn't really think about it and look at us now stuck in a box. Exactly right. There you hey go. Hey, guys, do you hey. want to know, right? I don't think I've ever said this before. I didn't even vote in a referendum. You absolute <laughs> prick. Could have been you. you. Prick. I didn't. I was like, why am I making this fucking decision? What have you got to do with me? <laughs> Well, quite right. Yeah, we well, it's your, your fault. You, you, your vote counts for two percent, doesn't it? I don't know about this shit. I voted the hill for paradox. someone to do that for me. I don't, why do I have to do it? Yeah, well, no, so Cammy boy. Fault. It is your fault. Yeah, well, idiot. I. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 Look what you've done now, Hill. <laughs> <laughs> don't care about stuff like that, do I? <laughs> No wonder you don't like the new Refused album. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Matt, Matt came on and brought the, on the live show and brought Robbie Williams. So I should have known true. you'd like the Refused album since oh, you like yeah. terrible music and pointless political statements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair so bit, bit of you, isn't it? <laughs> of which this is one. <laughs> um, good luck with the rest of your day, lads. Thanks, uh, yeah. We'll hopefully see you soon. Good luck. Am I allowed to talk about the album i'm not am i i mean you can, you can tell it tell everyone it's mint it's fucking great yeah <coughs> yeah but, it's but you're not going to hear it till yet. march next year so you know all right anyway well listen good luck guys thanks very much for coming on thanks um, for seeing us that's all right yeah. mate. it's been we a very very you, lovely time fine. gone on a bit haven't we anyway um next week we're going to be talking about the new albums from swans yes un misere mm, um Maybe Frail Body. Maybe Frail Body, yeah. Maybe, and, and Cunts have got a new album out. Cunts <laughs> no, <laughs> their debut, no, their debut album out. Not Black Foxes, it's another <laughs> band. Uh, anyway, Goodness go sake. over to musicism.net uh, and get 25% off all courses with the code RIOT in the checkout, and we shall see you next week. Bye, Haggard Cat, bye. Bye. bye.